Travolting presents The Fraser's Edge. Hosted by Jeff Sweeney and Stuart Elmore. Covering Inkheart with special guest M.G. Schumann. I feel like I could read this the movie like a magical book. land oh, far away. There were two boys who made a podcast. Wait a minute, yeah. Jeff, what's happening? Oh my god, microphones are sprouting ah! from the table. We're recording something. It's like what I'm reading is coming to life. <laughs> there was a boy named Stuart who was damned, <laughs> <laughs> who had a Red Bull addiction. That was damned um, every week. Nicotine addiction <laughs> to come and talk about fucking John Travolta. And now Brendan Fraser. And now Brendan Fraser. It's true. Yes. Uh, yeah, folks, this week we're talking about Inkheart. Hello. And welcome back to the podcast. <laughs> Hi, guys. This will be your fourth appearance. This is my You're fourth. You're approaching the Tilly Club. I'm approaching the Tilly Club. It's yep. a big move. Yes. Unfortunately, Hunt, hunting for it. It was not on purpose. <laughs> my complete accident. It was my complete accident. Fiercely racing for that title, <laughs> no, clawing were, and swinging away. You were an early book for this show. I was. Yeah. Uh, yes. One of our first. And guests. you, you slocked on. What slocked? That's not a word. Um, you locked on to Inkart pretty yes. quick. Yes. Um, not because of the movie, but because I love the book. And I mm. said, this will be a fun excuse for me to reread the book, which I did really enjoy. However, I did not enjoy the <laughs> film adaptation. <laughs> <Inkart>. <laughs> a movie we are unfortunately here to talk about. Yes. Um, this movie asks a very bold question. What if a movie was boring? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it asks the question no one has dared to ask before. So boring. Yeah. And yet, it's like, I really feel like the whole movie, they were they were really, because the book, the, it's a long book. It's like, and I, I promise I will not do the thing where I talk about the book the entire time. Like, they're two different things. It I might understand be more whatever. interesting than the movie. But it is more interesting than the movie, but it's a very long book, and there's action in it, obviously. But, like, action is not the word I would use to describe the book. Like, yeah. there, there's action happening. But I feel like the movie was like, in order for this to be interesting, we have to skip all of like the character growth whatever just show the action action yeah. action action but yet it was so boring yeah like a lot happens in this a book, lot but happens, nothing happens but nothing happens yeah N- yeah i'm sure jeff i know yeah. you, you you're gonna pull up the you're gonna tell us what happened the context of this movie yeah because i can barely remember what <laughs> happened in the movie so um okay i think i found something now um, I have been trying to look up a um, some type of a list that because correct me, if, tell me how you guys feel about this. I feel like, especially when Inkart came out in two thousand nine, right? The movie, yeah. Um, we were in the middle of quite a few like young adult fantasy book yeah. to movie adaptations. Totally. No. Here. My first thought goes to Aragon. <laughs> that which is bad too. Amazing uh, successful movie that spawned many sequels and a <laughs> fruitful franchise. <laughs> I want to say two things. First of all, the end of Aragon's the funniest ending of all time because it's uh John Malkovich swinging <laughs> his sword, cutting an egg open a dragon. Open, <laughs> and then they never made a sequel. Yeah, they never made a sequel um, to that one. But the second thing is this this does play very much into the context of this movie. Yeah. So the book in Cart's written in 2003. Mm-hmm. And in a second, I'll ask for just like 
what the book is about before sure. we go really into what the movie's about. Sure. But a, a thing happens around the same time this book comes out, and it's that there's a sudden blast of two major successful fantasy movie franchises based on books. Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter yeah. both start in 2001. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Both mega successes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Harry Potter makes almost a billion dollars, as does Lord of the Rings. Um, but those are finite Lord of the Rings. There's three of them. They eventually make The Hobbits a decade later. Um, and similar thing with Harry Potter. Like They get a decade of mileage out of it, but eventually it has to end. And so there kind of turns into this arms race mm. of who can get the next Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Di- mm-hmm. Disney tries to make the Chronicles of Narnia. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, there's the, the Spiderwick Chronicles. Mm, there's bucks. Aragon. Mm-hmm. Um, all these movies that a lot of them don't get sequels. Mm-hmm. Narnia gets two sequels um, somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just it's Percy an, Jackson. Percy Jack. Percy Jackson kind of comes at the end of it. This is a year later. This is two, Percy. The first Lightning is, Thief is, is 2010. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, Percy Jackson will count that in. Yeah. But it's just it's this full arms race among all the students to figure out what can be the next big Harry Potter like book to film adaptation fantasy franchise. And that's where Inkart comes into the mix. Because uh, the first one was a pretty respectful seller. It got two uh, written sequels. Um, Ink Spell and Ink Death. Is that correct? Yeah. I, I've never read the sequels. Okay. I never read My the sequels. My mom read all three of them, okay. which is the only reason I know that the sequels have names. Um, or that I know their names, I should say. I actually wrote notes on this movie. Wow. So, this is a big move for Stuart. Wow, Stuart. <laughs> Stuart's writing again. He's <laughs> Stuart's using his language. <laughs> what? <laughs> um, Jeff, are you using your language? <laughs> I'm struggling. Um, but yeah, that's... Um, and so two sequels are in for this, so it's very much like a viable franchise. You can get three movies out of this. Nietzsche makes a decent profit. You have a tidy little, you know, a little take home there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so Cornelia... Is it Funk or Fumke? I don't know how to pronounce it. I'm going to say Fünke because it's funnier. Okay, cool. Um, Cornelia Fünke. She's German. Uh, <laughs> <da>! <laughs> um, sells the rights of this book to Warner Brothers, who did make Harry Potter um, and Lord of the Rings, for mm-hmm. what it's worth. So mm-hmm. they have a pretty good track record so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, the track record does run out. <laughs> and she sells the rights to this book, and she actually has involvement in the um, creation of this movie. She produces it um, and helps consult with casting and whatnot. Um, and that's where Brendan comes into the mix. Yeah. Because when she wrote this book, she sent a signed copy of it to Brendan Fraser in the mail. Oh, I didn't know this. Okay. And here's Brendan's uh, quote about the topic. He says, "I So I get this book. It shows up in the mail. Dear Brendan, it's inscribed. Thank you for inspiring this character. Oh, uh, Mo was inspired by Brendan Fraser. I did not know this. He then said, I can feel my leg getting pulled already. What? Where's Aston Kutcher? I hope that you get a chance to read this aloud to your kids one day. Best wishes, Cornelia Funke. I had no idea from a bar of soap who she was, so I Googled her. <laughs> wow, so much work. She's prolific. I think part of the story is that a little girl who is bilingual, I think she was a Brit, but she spoke German fluently, had discovered a copy of Tinterhers, which she loved and read, and wrote to either it was Cornelia or the publisher, and asked, why isn't this published in English? And I think Cornelia probably wanted to know the answer to that question, too. So once it was, it just became a snowballing thing, and it really led, really got her out there and led to the acclaim and popularity of her work. Hmm. 
So Brendan Fraser just got a random book in the mail called mm-hmm. Inks, Inkheart, and mm-hmm. it said, thank you for inspiring this character. That's so fascinating. Okay. And so because of that, um, when they go into casting of the movie, very obviously he's the first call. Yeah. And he says yes, because as we've talked about, he's kind of in a very low point in his career right now. Okay. Um, last week we covered Mummy Tomb of the Dragon Emperor, uh-huh. which is kind of a, a desperation movie. Yeah. Because all of his attempts, you know, start a new franchise, um, you know, your Monkey Bones, your Looney Tunes, your Journey to the Center of the Earth, they all haven't been doing well for him. Um, Journey was a success, but he's not in the sequel. Um, he's not doing well with new franchises. The Mummy, he goes back to that well for the third time for very diminishing returns. People are not a fan of The Mummy 3. And so he's kind of just like, he doesn't, he's not really getting any offers in the dramatic space. He's not really finding success in the action space. His career is kind of at a standstill. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is almost like a Hail Mary lifeline mm-hmm. to him. It just happens to be that he was the inspiration for the book character. Mm-hmm. I don't think he gets cast in this if not for that factor. Yes, I like would if, agree. If she wrote the book inspired by Harrison Ford, who's now too old to play the role, mm-hmm. she's... Brendan Fraser does not get cast in this movie. Yeah. Someone else gets cast in this movie. Someone who's like up and coming at the time. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, He gets very lucky with this. Um, Lucky, quote unquote, (laughs) with this. Uh, Because all this being said, I don't think he's very good in this movie. No, he's not. That's like, it's so fascinating to me that she, that supposedly he was the inspiration for this character because the whole movie I was watching this and just being like, I think that this is terrible casting yeah. and I don't think he's good in this role. I don't believe him in this role. It it plays against every single thing he's good at as an actor. In, in and you can a speak more to that sense. than I can, but I just like, yeah, I, yes. Mm-hmm. Going from like, how is this character described in the book? Yeah, so... I would say, you know, you asked earlier, like, what is the book about? And it's a very long book and there's lots of themes and whatever. But like at the core of the book is the relationship between Mo and Maggie, right? It's yeah. the, mm-hmm. the father and the daughter. Yeah. Um, and Mo is this very interesting character um, in that he he's a he's he's a very soft sort of person. Um, he's like a, he's a dad who is very protective. He's very soft, but he's also very secretive. Um, you know, that kind of that the classic dad trope where yeah. you're like not telling them everything because you're trying to protect them. Yeah. Um, and he's also um, he's very empathetic um, to the other people in the story and even the people like Dustfinger, yeah. who is like I have the way dust they did Dustfinger in the movie. They did. Uh, they mess that whole thing up. But whatever. It's fine. We don't have to get into that. But <laughs> I think we will. We can. OK, but. Like he is, and I feel like in in the in the movie he feels more angry towards Dustfinger, whereas in the book he's very like he ha- holds a lot of guilt. He holds a lot of mm. guilt for what happened, and a lot of uh, um, he has a lot of empathy, and um, he um, is a person who uh, is very. There's a lot of things happening clearly inward and yes. we don't go get into that because like we don't we don't get to see what's going on completely obviously because our the book is from Maggie's point of view. Is it? It is. It's that from Maggie. It's from It's from Maggie's point of view. Yes. Wow. Yes, it's from Maggie's point of view. So, which uh, I think that was huge a whole change. huge change because that's not what the movie really did at all. Um so 
yeah there's a lot there's a lot going on there but he's just like he's this soft this very soft dad and like to yeah. her like even learning that he has all these secrets and like that's such a big thing for her because he's this dad who's like very present with her very kind very loving very very there like feels very present to her until she starts to learn like oh yeah he's been there but there's been many things that he's been yeah keeping from me um and reading the book who do you like do you envision someone in your head for this guy I'm not usually like a um, when I'm reading, I'm not somebody who's like really like picturing specific people. But I will say and I don't know if they they specify. I'm sure like obviously she had Brendan Brendan in her mind. So she must have been thinking of a dad who was a little bit younger. But because of that energy that I'm talking about, that softness, like to me, he felt like an older. Yeah. Kind of character like he he felt older so to me brendan like that definitely was not what i was picturing i was Mm. more like little tiny like sort of older dad with like tiny little glasses on (laughs) you know like that's kind of what i was picturing um so it definitely wasn't brendan you know something that another movie comes out around a similar time as this that i think also makes a fatal casting decision um and it's the da vinci code um, I'm not gonna. No, this is a very uh, strange segue, Jeff. No, I'm no because I'm. I thought who was in the Da Vinci I'm gonna get code. to a point here. The Da Vinci Code is kind of like a nightmare book, um, but the character in that is very much written as like Indiana Jones if he was a lot more scholarly. Like, if what are you he, saying about Indiana Jones? No, like if he didn't go out and beat up <laughs> no, people. I'm kidding. If he didn't go out and shoot Nazis <laughs> and whatnot, like if it was just all the scenes in Indiana Jones where he's in the school, basically Doctor Who eyes him. Kind of. In the sense yeah. that Doctor Who's like heroic, smart, intelligent, yeah. but not like a fighter. Yeah. He uses like brains. It's, it's to... Indiana Jones if he, like, if it's only the scenes when he's in the university talking to Marcus Brody and whatnot. And they cast Tom Hanks in that movie as Robert Langdon. And it is very poor casting. In my, I mean, those movies are just aren't good in general. Neither is this. But Tom Hanks is just doesn't fit the mold of that character. Mm hmm. He's like almost too kindly, which is the Tom Hanks thing, mm, mm-hmm. to play this kind of harder-edged character. Mm-hmm. I honestly think if you put Tom Hanks in this role mm-hmm. as Mo, and you put Brendan Fraser in the role, <laughs> I think the... Tom Hanks is like the perfect vibe yeah, of what as, I was thinking as Robert Langdon. Yeah, I think both those movies get a lot better. Yeah, well, I... not a lot better necessarily, but the casting makes a lot more sense. Yeah, Jeff, when. Not to go back to an earlier point, it was just something that kind of spiraled on, which was like the whole trend of like yeah. the young adult fantasy novel adaptation yeah. era. I I pulled up eight yes. in a four year time span. Yes, alone already. Chronicles of Narnia in two thousand five, Aragon in two thousand six, uh, Golden Compass in two thousand seven. about the fucking Golden City Compass. of Ember in two thousand eight, Stardust in two thousand seven, The Spiderwick like Chronicles in two thousand eight. The Seeker, The Dark is Rising in 2007, Percy Jackson in 2010, wow. and then I have The Sorcerer's Apprentice in 2010. You know what the one good one of those is? Stardust. Stardust. Because Robert De Niro Stardust. Space Captain. Stardust fucking rocks. Okay, can I say something? Not all books, and I'm not, I am not one of those people who is like the books, and I, I love books. I work in a bookstore. I'm very, but I'm not one of those people who's always like, the book's always better. I don't think that. I mm-hmm. think they're different. They're different things, and like, yeah. Right. But some books just should not be movies. Yeah. And this, and I think a lot of those other ones are just some of them. Yeah. 
even if they're going to make money. Some of them like, just should not be. I feel movies. like Inkart the book is a book about the Reading. magic of books. It's about yes. the magic of books. It's about books. That like, was my letterbox review was like a really good book about books didn't make a good movie. Shocker. Yeah. Like it's it's a book about books. Because even the parts in this where they do like reference other books. Yeah. Like the whole Wizard of Oz stuff. Which is not, that's, in, I want to know what, they were obsessed with Wizard of Oz. There's no Wizard of Oz references yeah. in the book. You know what they're <laughs> referencing? It's, they're referencing the Wizard of Oz movie. Movie. They're not even like referencing the book. they're using the, the visuals of the movie. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Which is like, it yeah. defeats the whole purpose of the book. Yeah. 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 Um, there is one part where they summon a character from a book that I really want to talk about because of how dicey I thought Fareed? it was about to get. What? Is it Fareed? What? The one from Arabian Nights. Is it Nick Kazim? No, it is Fareed. You're right. Yeah. He's talking about someone else named Kazim. Uh, but no, we, we're we going to talk about this when we get to it because I was like, oh my God. And I, th- I thought he was about to say something really dicey. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I was getting real fucking worried. <laughs> I'm going to um, go out on a limb and say I thought the first Chronicle of Narnia was actually okay. I agree with yeah, that. The first like Chronicle of Narnia is fine. Prince it's Caspian, a little underrated. No, I, I agree. I, I, I love I think, Ben Barnes. So. Yeah. Prince Caspian was actually kind of like, you know, basing my whole D&D campaign off of Prince Caspian, essentially. I, I think I like those movies. <laughs> yeah. No, they're they're fine. The Dawn Treader, eh, that one is not. The Dawn right. Treader is very weird. That's a very weird, confusing That's movie. That's a story of rights. Um in which Disney didn't want to make anymore, so they sold, they got rid of it, and then Fox picked it up and made that movie for cheap. Yeah, uh, Tilda Swinton is still in it. She like insisted upon constantly reappearing in those movies as the Liam Neeson's the Lion, right? As, as Lion, yeah. yeah. No, those mm-hmm. the, the the first two movies are pretty good. Yeah, yeah I agree. I think the um, you know, I'm, I, they're pretty good. I'm not gonna like go into it more. Aragon was so I I I watched the movie before I read the book and then I read the the first two books Aragon and Eldest I never yeah. made it past Eldest it is so insane to think like that not only did they end it in a way of a cliffhanger uh, expecting there to be a sequel and one didn't come out yeah. but the way that the final battle ends in the movie is complete 180 degrees backwards of how it actually yeah. ends in the book like multiple people die one person gets kidnapped and like like but like at the end, the final shot is you see all these people still alive in the battlefield, and I'm like, how do you fucking yeah. spot a sequel off of this movie? <laughs> it's so stupid. Yeah, yeah. Bill I... Murray's in City of Ever, by the way. Have you seen is the he? movie? I haven't seen it. I read the book, but I've never seen the movie. He I'm plays the greedy City mayor. This is, right and I, sorry, I know where I don't want to keep harping on this, but like this era of you know the the uh, YA uh, book to movie adaptation. You know, it's really interesting because so many of these I didn't even know existed, and I read the books. Like yeah. Inkheart, I read that book. I love that book. I had no idea this movie existed. I City of Ember, I didn't know they made a movie. It's like they were making too many that like I didn't even know that they were. It was a floodgate. Okay. Yeah, it was too much. And like it, that you're not even getting like which it doesn't matter because they weren't good anyway. So who cares? The fans wouldn't have liked them. But it's like you weren't even getting all the fans and right. Well, and, and the trend. Watch them. I just I I listed all the ones that I thought sort of counted more into like the fantasy realm. Yeah. It really doesn't end because then even in like the 2012 and onward, you get like the Maze Runner, yeah, the Hunger, Hunger Games, Games, yeah, Twilight. that whole Twilight, yeah, that whole yeah. that whole. That's when it's like okay, maybe we can't adapt like 
the medieval franchise one. What else can we do? What else can we Sexy do? Sexy vampires. <laughs> that'll that'll make Hell it work. Yeah. That'll make it work for us guys. Hell and yeah. you know what? It did. <laughs> I'm looking City of Ember, interesting cast. Who's in City of Ember? L- I'm gonna line this up for you. Okay. This movie stars Shorsha Ronan. Oh, wow. Um, okay. Yeah, Bill, Mur- young Bill Murray. Okay. Martin Landau. Toby Jones. And I, Tim Robbins. Who's Toby Jones? I don't know who that is. Um, he's the voice of Dobby in Harry Potter. Okay, um, <laughs> sure. Which is, I'm gonna just gonna tell I you. I hate Dobby. No, it's important that you know. Hot that, take. It's important that you know that's what his voice is like because I'm about to show you a picture of Toby Jones. Okay. Oh <laughs> yeah. I. It's okay. a guy wow. from Winter Soldier who turns into the computer that's a guy. Big forehead. Yeah, yeah um, I, I am a big Toby Jones stan. Got it. I love Toby Jones. He's in the new Indiana Jones, and I screamed when I found out. Got it. We'll love that for you. Um, I don't, I can't think of any, yeah, I don't, I don't like Dobby. Yeah. That's all I have to say. Dobby, I'm glad he's dead. <laughs> I'm literally glad he's dead. Um, I cheer. Jesus Christ. I hate him. He's so annoying. Um, Sorcerer Ronan, I really quickly want to diverge on right now, because I'm looking. <laughs> this is Lovely Bones era, Sorcerer Ronan. Sorcerer Ronan. Queen of the um, b- bad book adaptation. <laughs> here's yeah, her you're no, right. Here's her, here's her run. Yeah, wait, yeah. What else? Is, what else? Here, here's the Saoirse Ronan run. She's okay, a lot of them. Uh, City of Ember. Okay, The Lovely Bones. Yeah, yep. that was not a good. Adaptation. The Host. Oh, bet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, like she's in other things in between, but in terms of big movies, back to back to back, like big adaptations. He's yeah, in. that's brutal. Yeah. Damn. Um, and people think, oh, look at this lovely new actress that we're getting introduced to in uh, Lady Bird. <laughs> <laughs> like, Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> if you weren't there for the lovely bones. <laughs> Man, I really see Saoirse Ronan. She, now she's doing little women. Oh, my God. Sure, have you ever seen the lovely bones, Peter Jackson? Yes. Movie? Yeah. Do you know the, the Ryan Gosling story from that movie? There's a Ryan Gosling story. Oh, I don't so know this Mark story. Wahlberg plays Ryan... the dad in that movie. Yes, I was going to say, like, I didn't think Ryan Gosling was in Lovely Ryan Bones. Gosling was originally cast in that role. As a dad or the as serial the killer? As the dad. <laughs> and, and Peter Jackson was very excited to have Ryan Gosling play the dad. And then Ryan Gosling went out and decided, he read the book, and he's like, I got to really get in the headspace of this character. I think this guy would just, like, be a wreck after this. So he went out, and he gained, like, 30 pounds of just eating ice cream and pies to try and get in the like physicality of what he imagined okay. this character being like. And then he showed up to his fitting and Peter Jackson's like, what the fuck did you do? Why did you do that? And he's like, I thought this is what the character looks like. He's like, no, that's not what the character looks like at all. And fired him from the movie. Oh, oh my, God. my God. So Ryan Gosling basically just went out and ate ice cream for three months. Honestly <laughs> good for him. <laughs> I love Ryan. That happened. So Didn't that happen to another actor that we talked about? How they were cast in a role and they gained a lot of weight for it, and then they were fired or something like that. That did happen. That happened well, to Joe Pesci for Joe Gotti. Pesci and Gotti. That's right. For the oh, original God. Gotti. Oh no, he gained sixty pounds. <laughs> Ryan Gosling did. Yeah. Here it is. Are there photos? Are there photos? Um, There's got to be paparazzi go. publicity photos of him. Gosling. 
<laughs> I we had a different idea of how the character should look. Gosling told the Hollywood Reporter, "I really believed he should be two hundred and ten pounds." Jackson oh disagreed, God. and Trump Gosling days before production began. Holy shit! That's we didn't so talk funny. very much during the pre-production process, which is the problem. That's <laughs> <Clearly>. pretty clear. <laughs> Gosling said it was a huge movie, and there's so many things to deal with, and he couldn't deal with actors individually. I just showed up to set, and I had gotten it wrong. Then I was fat and unemployed. <laughs> <laughs> Oh Gosling, I'm right there with you, man. King behavior, I love it. Are you guys? It's always sunny people. I'm not. Oh, okay. I'm just Jeff. No, uh, just, I've seen some episodes. I'm just a man. Do you know Fat Mac? When yes. He gets fat. Yes. And he's, that's that's exactly what I'm picturing. <laughs> You're imagining, that right? That's what I'm picturing with like the white wife beater on, and it's just like little belly popping out. That's what I think Ryan Gosling. Would I'm look looking like. up Ryan Gosling fat. <laughs> Let's see if we can find the evidence. <laughs> You know what? I think this. I support this, though. I think this is healthier than losing weight for a role or putting on muscle to yeah. gain sixty pounds. Eat some ice cream. <laughs> I found a Twitter account fun. called Fat Ryan Gosling. That's what he looks oh. like. <laughs> Good He's for cute. Him. Good for you him. simply gotta respect. Him. I love it. <laughs> that he did he it looks, for. A, he looks cute. I for like a movie, it. he did not get the role. <laughs> that. That isn't the part, really. <laughs> and Mark Wahlberg is. <laughs> Mark Wahlberg. Got it. Oh my god. Um, Peter Jackson. Yeah, some mistakes were made. I just think, how did we get to Lovely Bones? Saoirse Ronan, <laughs> City, City of Edinburgh. Okay. They Yagadol. shot the Lovely Bones in my hometown. Fun fact. What? They shot the Lovely Bones in my hometown. Fun fact. Gotcha. Cool. Uh, there's a mall five minutes from my house that is the mall they go to in that movie. Nice. Um, nice. Anyway, Inkheart. Inkheart. Um, I think we've basically established the context of this movie, right? Yeah, it comes out in a period of a floodgate of young adult yeah. uh, novel. To... Brendan's at a low point. This is the last offer he gets, and only off of like luck that he was who the author had in mind. Yeah. Um, real quick, the the writer of this movie is David Lindsay Abair, who's a normally a playwright, uh, but he has written the screenplays for Robots, two thousand five. Don't you Th- slap on that? This. I don't know what that is. Um, Rise of the Guardians which is the movie about Saint Nick and Santa Claus and the Easter Bunny teaming up to fight evil. Jesus Christ. Um, and then Oz the Great and Powerful. <laughs> this oh, man should be arrest- arrested for war crimes. That was bad. Oh, ma- does he a really big Wizard of Oz person? I guess he must. He oh, must really love Wizard of Oz. He must be. Because he stuck Wizard of Oz yeah. in this movie. So and it, there's not a single Wizard of Oz reference in the actual Inkheart book. Yeah, he must just love that movie. There's a lot of Peter Pan stuff in the book, but they took all There's of that like out. There's one Peter Pan mention in this movie. Yeah, this is like, the actual book is chock full of Peter Pan, mm. and they replaced it all with Wizard yeah. of Oz for some reason. Do you think it's something with, like, rights that's like, well, we can't really show Peter Pan shit, because, well, they show the crocodile. Oh, yeah, they, they no, do, like, Peter Pan's in here. In here. These are all public domain stories, so. It's like why you can make, anyone can make a Sherlock Holmes movie. We can make a Sherlock Holmes movie. Yeah. Please don't. <laughs> I would play Sherlock Holmes. No. <laughs> All right. We're going to show this in no, way, Gavna. I'm, <laughs> I'm representing Stuart right now. No. <laughs> it's a no I, from Stuart. I, I'm not, I'm not well, because even. you'd be watching. Uh, uh, you didn't no. even have to say it. You, you didn't even have to say it. It was very clear that that's what was happening. <laughs> I was saying no. Were, it, insinuating Jeff. <laughs> I just had to say it. Uh, do we want to just dive into the plot here? Sure. Ugh. Plot. <laughs> sure. Quote unquote. Sure. Directed by Ian Softly. Ian Softly. Who, who I who wrote. Else has he done? More like a soft movie. <laughs> he made a movie called Hackers in 95. 
Okay. Skeleton Key in 2005, and then this movie, and then like maybe one or two other. He films makes two after. more okay. movies that don't exist. Yeah. Great. This is his most existent movie, and I would argue this movie doesn't really. Exist. Yikes. Okay. Yeah. Actually, Hackers is probably his most exist. Actually, no, Hackers is not. I have no idea what, what Hackers I is. I don't know any of these movies. So. I was thinking of a different hacking movie. I was thinking of sneakers. You're thinking of Cody Banks. No, I'm thinking of sneakers. I'm thinking. <laughs> I love Cody Banks. I'm thinking of sneakers. <laughs> I'm thinking of sneakers. A good movie. Um, I don't about know that movie. A bunch of hackers. I like the song "Sneakers Nights" nice by. All right. Yeah, Let's talk about Ink Heart before I ink die. <laughs> ink death is the third. Hey, one. I thought that was a good one. That's right. Well, I'm gonna get some commotion for Stuart. Thank you. Thank Ooh, you. Ha-ha. Fell asleep partway through the lot. You know last episode you did basically check out for like 10 minutes yeah <laughs> you needed to relax all right so we start uh in uh we get narration yeah who th- who is the narrator of this movie <laughs> like uh, who's the voice yeah i don't know it was somebody though because i remember i looked up the cast i recognize the voice it was somebody but they're essentially ex- giving the exposition of there are people with powers where they where they read it comes to life. Some people know about it and keep it secret. Some people don't know about it. Roger Alam is the the narrator. Oh. Um, and we don't know don't him know. from anything. Okay, I don't know. Why um, I thought it was somebody. We are with um, the uh, uh, what are their names? Most. The Fulchart family, right? Oh, sure. I didn't even Fulchart. know. It. How do you say the last name? I have no idea. I didn't. Re- oh yeah, I don't know how you say it. I can see it spelled, but I don't know how to pronounce it. But it's it. uh, Mortic- Mortimer. Mortimer. Uh, short Mo, played by Fraser. Um, Sienna, uh, Guilory. Sienna Guilory, who plays Risa. Guillory. Guillory. Let's say Guillory. Okay. Uh, and then Eliza Bennett played Maggie. Although this is like the younger, younger kid version yes baby version so it's an infant we're seeing little, a baby little yeah. guy and fraser opens up uh little red riding hood yeah he starts reading little red riding hood and then the screen does this weird distortion thing yeah outside of the house yeah we see a red cloak, red cloak. start floating down mm, from the heavens what he can summon things from Buck. yeah it was what? weird he only summoned the cloak and not her well i don't think he has control over it he doesn't have control over well in the books, he doesn't. I imagine of this is like the time traveler's wife, where like yeah. the dude who can time travel can't control where he goes, but his daughter has the ability to control it, meaning Maggie has more control over yeah. it. Is it kind of mm-hmm. like that in the book? Yeah, I mean, y- yes, I would say he doesn't really have control over it, and Maggie, I mean, you just lo- like sh- sh- it's implied that she's going to have like she starts to be able to have more control than he ever did. So yes, yeah. but. It's like just at the end that she kind of figures out that she can do this. So that she can rewrite reality. Yes. And make it as she sees fit. Yes. Though she doesn't do in the in the in the book she doesn't write it the she doesn't write anything. She and the US it. economy was fantastic. <laughs> Gas prices <laughs> were at an all time low. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, all right. Uh, and then I, it it just fades out of that scene. Yeah, it's established they say the word silver tongue. He's a silver tongue, and he can summon things from books. Not to be confused with parcel tongue. Yeah. Yes. Can I? Sorry, I promise yes. I won't do the whole no. book thing the entire time, or maybe I will because I'll do it. Okay. So I think a key difference right from the beginning of this movie, which speaks to the fact that the movie is from or the book is from Maggie's perspective, is that it takes us about two hundred pages to learn that Mo can do 
that that he can mm. read things from books whereas like it takes a, that long of him reading it before something happens or no like things so <laughs> okay i'll just yeah. okay so in the book like moe's known his entire pre, basically his entire life that he can do this um and he but for his entire life he could only he was only able to read things out of books yeah. right it was never people people never came out and people never went in uh. um and then when Maggie is, you know, the, as they show when she's like three, this is true. Like he reads, you know, some people out of the book and then he reads his wife into the book. And then after that, he never reads out loud. So when we start the book and Maggie is Maggie's like 12, her father's never read out loud to her um, as far as she knows or remembers. Um, and Dustfinger comes, whatever. He's like Capricorn's coming, whatever. It's this whole thing. But she there's and there's all this drama but she doesn't know why like she doesn't know who are these people what are they upset about what is this book like she doesn't know anything um so we don't learn until like 200 pages in that he has this power or what happened whereas like in this movie that's the first thing you learn is that he has this power obviously we don't know about the wife yeah and all of those things but like you know right from the beginning that he has this power mm-hmm. but because it's from maggie's perspective and she doesn't know that Mm-hmm. that's because i would say kind of too the book like i would say m- one of the central themes of the book is even just this idea of like learning that your um parents are like your dad or your parent is like a human being you yeah. know what i mean like that's like a lot of her journey yeah. of being like oh shit my dad is like a person who is flawed and yeah like, that's like such a vital shit. part of uh i was watching something recently where i was real where I, like it wasn't wishology was it no it wasn't wishology I can't remember what it was. I was talking about it with a uh, former guest of the show, Ange Gardner. Um, I can't remember what it was. Mm. Anyway, go back to the, the story. That so, I was going to make a point, but I can't remember. That's what okay. It was. But so I was just going to say, like, right from that first scene, like, I, I was already like, okay, like, we're taking a very different direction here. Mm-hmm. That, like, right from the beginning, like, we're in on this thing that Maggie's not in on, that he can do this thing. Yeah. Because that's not where you're in in the book like you're with maggie the whole time Mm -hmm. so like just just from the fact that like right in the beginning you that's how they set it up but like there's this guy and he can do this thing like we don't know that at all so i think when you said like that the book is is maggie's pov like this movie is very much like i mean i i i it is Moe's POV, but it's not consistent. It's not Mo. consistent, yeah. but I would say it's yeah. definitely way more Moe yeah. than Maggie. Yeah. And even like Maggie's role in the movie, like there's so many things that like Maggie like figures out in the movie, which I think is because like they didn't know what to do with her since they decided it wasn't her POV anymore. Mm-hmm. That like Maggie does not figure out like, like for example, like I think she's the one that figures out oh they should go see the author like oh maybe the author has a copy of the book or like she's like she's like figuring all these things out i think because they needed something to do with her i think they were trying to make her like she's going to be the whiz kid who like figures this shit out in the movie that is not her role in the book at all like she doesn't figure shit out she's Mm. just like what the fuck is going on you know so that was that's interesting the book is about learning that your parents are flawed i I would say that's a very central theme in it yeah and i'd say this movie is the opposite of that yes it's, it's like think it's like it's earning respect to your gods kind of it's like no it's like learning that your your parents like 
do love you and are just trying to protect you. Like, I don't. Yeah. And even, sorry, I like really have, I, I don't know. I, I have more to say than I thought I did. Another thing too, in the movie that's so different is like, okay, in the book, which I thought was really interesting and well done and, and smart and made sense was that Maggie is like not interested, like in finding her mom at all. She's like, yeah. I don't care. I don't know my mom. I don't remember my mom. And like, you are putting yourself in danger yeah. for this. Like, I'm not interested in this. Like, I have you. I love you. You're my dad. And I know that it hurts you that your wife is gone. But, like, you are putting us, like, in the second half of the book then, you know, whatever. Lots of things Mm -hmm. happen. But essentially, like, then he kind of decides, like, well, maybe I can get her out of the book. Which she's obviously not in the book. But he doesn't know that. And Maggie, like, does not. Maggie's not like, yes, like, let's go find my mom. I miss her so much. This was the the worst thing that ever happened to me that my mom disappeared. She's like, I have a great dad. And, like, I have mm-hmm. a happy life, like, with you. And, like, I don't really need her. Like, I've grown up without her. I don't know her. I don't remember her. And that, like, that's a really interesting conflict in the book because that hurts him. That, like, she doesn't remember her mom. That she doesn't essentially doesn't care. But I think that makes sense for a 12-year-old girl who doesn't know her mom to be like, I don't want you to put yourself in danger to go do this. I think that makes a lot more sense and is like more interesting and it's an interesting conflict in the book, which is not there at all in the movie. It sounds more like cinematic and graceful for like in the movie's mind it sounds more like oh but we should have like maggie want to find her mom too because you know that's what like a nice kid would want yeah i think the book is like telling the real story right like that's more realistic yeah like if a kid never knew who their parent was they're not gonna have any emotional attachment yeah Yeah. that's the thing i was trying to say earlier is that the book is about loving your parents and then realizing they were flawed. This yeah. movie's about thinking your parents are flawed and learning to love them. Yeah. Which is not nearly as it's not as it's not as idea. interesting. No. Yeah. Uh we get a twelve year time jump. Yes. And they're in Munich, M- Germany. Mo is driving around the worst fucking van of all time. Um <laughs> <laughs> like shocked they're alive. Level van. Yes. Death trap. Yes. Uh, and apparently he just drives from city to city in yeah, Europe. Not not what happens in Netflix, looking but. for the a copy of Incarnate. Oh, this is another thing. I'm sorry. I really I won't do this whole I maybe yeah. I won't do this whole time. He has this is really interesting. And again, I think speaks to this uh, this in the movie, I think the the finding the mom is like such a central part of it. It's like that's like an afterthought that happens like later in the book. He's had the book the entire time. He has yeah. the book. He's just scared to read it because he's like, what if I read Maggie into the book? What if yeah. I read somebody else into the book? What if I read a worse person out of the book? He hasn't read it. He has the book. He's not been looking for the book. Yeah. He has the book the whole oh my time. God. Oh my that God. is so different. He has the book the entire time. The whole thing is then that Dustfinger comes and is like Capricorn like is coming to get you and the book. And the book. That's what happens. Um, so he does not have the book. He's not like, that's not the thing of like, he's been looking for this book to read the mom out. Like it's just then when he is like gets kidnapped and is forced to read and he's like, maybe I can learn to control it and I can yeah. figure it out and I can get her out. Like he starts thinking about it, yeah. but he's had the book the whole time. That's, that's so, so funny. funny. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. The whole time he's had it. So completely different. Because I really want to know the economics of his life right now. Cause seemingly he drives from town to town. Looking for this book. Yeah. And just like <laughs> binds books as a traveling bo- book binder. Yeah. It, I feel like book binding is not a task you would entrust to a stranger. Like just someone or 
not necessarily someone who's just like traveling. Traveling. Totally. I feel like you, make any sense. you only need a book binder like in a specific situation. Yeah. And at that point, you probably just seek one out who's yeah. trusted. Yeah. Not just this guy who's like skulking around the street. And he's like, hey, you got a copy of Inkheart? And <laughs> yeah. you're like, no. And he's like, got any books you need binding? And you're like, all right, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Here's $5. Go buy yourself a sandwich. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but while he's in this store, Maggie encounters a creature. Uh, right? I don't remember. It's, like it's the, Dust Finger. It, well, it's a possum. Oh, the, the little, possum. his little guy. Yeah. yeah. What's his name? Uh, something with a G. I forgot. Gwyn. 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 Um, and that's when we get Paul Bettany as Dustfinger. <laughs> as Dustfinger. Dust Dust oh, Dustfinger. Now, I, I might say something a little controversial here. That's fine. Seeing Paul Bettany as Dustfinger the first time, having not read the book, I yeah. was like, hello. <laughs> <laughs> he, was doing things, he was doing things to you. I was like, hello. <laughs> I, I mean, mean who I is think, this? I didn't think that casting was that bad. That that kind of made sense to me. Here I think comes that, the boy. I know. I, I, like I, 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 I thought that was probably one of the, that was probably the best casting in the movie for would, me. Would you Dust include Finger. like the emo-ness of him? Yes. And, like, how totally. He's, like, he's very like conflicted for some things. Yeah, I think, like, yes. Dustfinger is a really interesting character and I think they probably did the best job with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's really interesting and like there's... I wish they went into it more, but yeah, there's the whole thing with him and the mom where he's like got a little, he's in love with the mom. See, and... like they feel, I feel like they like skim it just a right. little it's, bit. It's interest. It's really interesting. And there are like, so the majority of the book is from Maggie's perspective, but there are a couple chapters where we go, like we have, we never are in Mo's mind and it's like, a, it's a third, it's a close third person, right? So it's not first yeah. person, but we follow Maggie for most of it, but there are chapters where we're in dust fingers ahead and he's really interesting. We get, we get him and then the, um, the great aunt, uh, Eleanor. Yes. Who's like, Eleanor, not a character in this movie. No, no. <laughs> and Helen Mirren just walked on set. No. And she's a really fun character. And you could delete all her scenes from the movie and the movie would be the same. Yeah. 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 Um, I want to talk about Paul Bettany real quick. Because yes, like <laughs> clearly Stuart wants talk to talk about, about him. <laughs> it's okay, my girlfriend's just right over there. <laughs> yeah, uh, she's not listening at this moment. Say you can say whatever you want. <laughs> Ten seconds to say it. But she's now listening. Okay. Um, Stuart, don't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're talking about Paul Bettany being a snack. Dust finger, Paul Bettany. Um, give a kissing. Have you seen it, I <laughs> uh, true. So. Uh, that's a spoiler alert for our next episode, folks. Wishology, where uh, Angelica will be joining us on the show. An episode we definitely haven't already recorded. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, so Paul Bettany kind of comes on the scene pretty hot. He's in A Knight's Tale, Beautiful uh, Mind. Pretty hot. Hey! hey! He's got uh, firepowers. Master and commander of <laughs> the far side hot. of the world. <laughs> uh, he, he comes on hot, and then he just, you know, he has a run of movies. Um, da Vinci Code for one. Oh, there enough. we go. Strange um, role. <laughs> Firewall. Da Vinci Code, very weird movie. But he never really gets like the big movie for him. Master and Commander is probably his biggest movie. But he never really gets like the movie that launches Paul Bettany into stardom. Yeah. And around 2008, when he's in this movie. Oh, God. He also gets um, asked by his friend John Favreau. He's like, hey, will you come in for a day and record some lines for my movie Iron Man? And he's like, yeah, sure. So he comes in for one day. They give him a few hundred thousand dollars. Oh, he's the little robot guy. And he voices, <laughs> and he voices Jarvis, Jarvis, who's Iron Man's like assistant, like, robot assistant. I'm in not the a movie. Marvel 
Dork. Uh, th- I apologize. This is, no, this is why this is interesting, though. Because after Inkart, he's basically only in flops, Paul Bettany, in terms of his physical presence. To the extent that by 2013, he's can see, it's very open that he could not get like auditions in Hollywood. No one wanted to cast him because everything he was in was a flop. Tomato, tomato, And he tomato. was basically getting along Boo. by like voice roles in Marvel movies. A Knight's Tale was good, though. That was like his first movie. I know, but... Um, and so he can't, like he's not able to get auditions. Like nothing's working for him. And then suddenly <laughs> Marvel's just like, hey, what if we made you a physical character now? And he said he was both very pissed because it means instead of now recording one day and getting paid his full paycheck, he has to show up every day to set and put all this makeup on. <laughs> but it kind of relaunches his career. <laughs> After he's in Avengers 2 uh, as the Vision, he pops up in Solo, a Star Wars story. He gets multiple TV appearances. His career kind of gets relaunched by what he considers the worst decision of his life. There you go. Um, that is pretty funny. I think his career is just funny, and I wanted to quickly highlight good it. Good actor, though. Thanks. Good actor. He's good in this movie. He's, he is um, good in this movie. Yeah, he's. he's I he's would not, say he's my he's favorite. Not the best in this movie. I'm going to get to who. Who do you think is the best? It's, it's Andy Serkis. No, it's a very Jeff character. A very Jeff oh, performance. I. It's a fun. He, but it's so inaccurate to the book that it can drive me crazy. But <laughs> you know who I'm talking about. Yes, I do. Wait, okay. who are you talking about? We'll get to Did it. You just tell me. No, we'll get to it. Uh, <laughs> suspense is killing me. You can, you can figure it out if you know me. Paul Bettany, uh, firebender, so, uh, <laughs> comes in. So he's like, he's like, you want to go back to the bottle, mate? <laughs> 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 and, and, yeah, because uh, Mo finds Inkart in the bookstore. Not yeah. accurate to uh, the actual book, but he finds Inkart in the bookstore. Just a copy yeah. lying around. Doesn't pay for it. Yeah. I don't think so. Oh, I didn't even notice that. What <laughs> the fuck? I don't Mo? know if he paid for it. Moses stealing. Oh, he'd be bound twenty book Mo books. Book would for never. Them. Book Mo would pay for the book. He bound twenty <laughs> books for them. And, and Fraser Mo, he's now paying. <laughs> he's walking out with that book. Uh, and then yeah, Dustfinger immediately corners him. Yeah, he's like, give me every the book. He's like, you. It's like interesting. You. He's like, do you? You're gonna read me in the book now. And he's like, I don't have the book. What's in your bag? <laughs> the book. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, in addition to being a firebender he also has like telepathy and can read minds um he also then says like capricorn is coming um and i'm thinking is the villain a capricorn like he actually mm-hmm. is no shit <laughs> yeah that's not his real name he named himself capricorn because he he was like yeah. i need a villain name i'm a capricorn, I'm a capricorn he probably like <laughs> that's literally canon. you know what probably happened <laughs> what, what's his real name in the book and they don't he you never learn it you i imagine it's not he, his real name. he stumbles out of the book it is like hobbit like outfit <laughs> as described in the movie and the first thing he does is i gotta go to the dmv and get a driver's license <laughs> <laughs> and so he wanders stumbles in and the 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 dmv worker's like all right date of birth he's like oh fuck when's the capricorn actually i don't actually know um capricorns are, they, are in july uh, Janu- no january january yeah. it's like uh january something something it's like oh you're a capricorn and i'm like I am Capricorn. And it's like, All right, so what's That's your name? My name. And it's like Capricorn. <laughs> <laughs> I want that deleted. He walked out of the book and his name was probably like Frito Layman or some bullshit. Oh my god! <laughs> They're like the villain Frito from the book. <laughs> He's like, I cannot stick with this. Capricorn. <laughs> um. Anyway, he basically uh, kicks Dustfinger away. Yeah. 
and zips out of town his shitty van. Yes. You're really heated about this van. <laughs> like, why would you do that to your daughter? <laughs> and the, but the van is supposed to be so cute in the in the book. And you know what it looks like in up. this? What does it look like? A pile of shit. Yeah, it does. It's like, well, because they do, they, uh, never mind. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Keep going. They flee to Italy. They, he, yes. He's like, I need cash. <laughs> I need stuck hold and it, I, hard it's a, cash. It's at this point in the movie when we finally get like the context of the mom is missing. Yeah. Mom's been gone for a while. Nine yeah. years, they said. Nine years. Yes. Nine years. Yeah. Nine years. Um, she's 12. She's 12. She's yeah. 12. So she disappeared when she was uh, three. Um, so, yeah. Uh, I do want to point out when they go to Italy, um, I was very impressed with like the location and set dressing. It looked really nice. There's some scenes where they're sitting out by the on a bench by look. the lake. I wish pretty, I was there. Very pretty. Yeah. I think the movie has some beautiful locations that make it look nice. I can't speak to whether I if I think the cinematography of the movie is actually any good. It does not shoot these locations well. I think this movie is very blasé looking to the extent that even when you're in these cool locations, you're like, oh, my, let's, this look cooler. I think the castle's wasted. Yeah. Castle is absolutely wasted. Um, I just think like when they were at um, Eleanor's mansion, that, that looks kind of cool. Yeah, I wish I was sitting out there. Yeah. With Helen Mirren, looks fun. Right. Yeah. I'd hang out with Helen Mirren. Yeah. Same. Uh. So yeah, Helen Mirren's a great aunt, and she has a giant library yeah. that M- Maggie. I just want to make sure it's Maggie, not Maggie, for it's our Maggie. audience. <laughs> and Maggie. Every time I keep saying Maggie, I feel really weird. I just want to Maggie. say Maggie. Yeah. It's a Maggie. Oh, Maggie, down in the Bobby. I hate <laughs> Maggie. Yeah, Maggie. Uh, and yes. you know what, Stuart. It's been a few, almost a year since we last said it. Fuck Australians. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> Fuck them. <laughs> I'm just gonna say it. We need. We we're on a we're on a roll right now of re reoffending the folks we offended <laughs> last season. Yeah, it's I, been a while since I said this, but. Fuck White Castle. Yeah, fuck the Australians. <laughs> fuck White Castle. Stay down under. <laughs> <laughs> fuck Australians, and I don't. know. We have other people. Who no Australians. You're probably cool people, but still fuck you. Um. Maggie, Maggie, <laughs> Maggie. Uh, the the next thing I have written down is that Dustfinger finds them. Okay, he does. He does. And can I can I interject with my my yeah. book stuff really quick? Okay, Dustfinger's betrayal is a much bigger deal in the book because uh, so many different things happen. But Dustfinger comes to them and is like basically like, "Hey, Capricorn!" Like he's like saying, "I want to help you." Capricorn's trying to come and get you. Like I want to help. Yeah. He comes with them to Eleanor's. He stays with them. There's like a whole like 75 oh. pages where they're at Eleanor's for like a couple of weeks, yeah. which obviously they don't need to do that in the movies. I don't think they should be in Eleanor's that long. There's no reason. But he's like there with them. Yeah. Like hanging out, like doing fire shows for Maggie. Like, And the betrayal is a big deal. So the betrayal does. is a big deal because you're connected. Like you're, you like Dustfinger and like Maggie... Maggie's kind of like I don't know about Dustfinger. Mm. Like I'm like a little worried, but she starts to like trust him. Whereas in the movie, Dustfinger's like sketchy from the start. From the du- start, Dustfinger so totally in this different. Movie is changing his allegiances and opinions so much. So it's much. Like every scene, he's changing his mind about. Which yes. Is, which I think Bettany does the best he can possibly do with. Yeah. Totally, I agree. Like, yeah, like you should play him as a psychotic, like, great, like <laughs> lunatic. Yeah, yeah, but. 
there's a scene where he literally runs away, gets like 20 feet out of the castle, is like, runs back, <laughs> has to break back into the castle. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he does change his mind a lot in the yeah. book. That is something because he, you know, his, which is true in this too. Like his end goal is he is like, I don't want to fucking be here. I want to be home. Yeah. I want to go back in the book. That's my home. I like want to be there. Um, but he like still is like, at the end of the day, he's a good person who like wants to do the right yeah. thing. But he also is like, I cannot fucking be here anymore. Yeah. So he does change his mind a lot. But like, yeah, you're like you. I feel like and you start to have more complicated feelings for him in the movie. And like he's going back and forth and they do do interesting stuff in the movie. But he starts off, as Stuart said, sketchy from the beginning, whereas in the book, it's like. He starts off a little sketchy in the book, but still, like he's like hanging out with them. Like, he's like trust. He they still like you. Like, you like, and you're like rooting for him to do the right yeah. thing. And then he's like, he doesn't do it. And you're like, oh. But here it's just like, yeah. Who cares that they, you know it's not a betrayal in the. I don't feel like it feels like a betrayal in the movie because mm-hmm. it's like he started off. He started off sketchy, sketchy saying and, something about Capricorn, right? And so, the next time we see him is he shows up at the mansion and says, right. "I brought Capricorn." Right, exactly. So <laughs> there's no betrayal. Right, that's not what it is. It's just him. Yeah, he's like starts off like a villain, like he's like a, a bad guy, and yeah. then he does a bad guy thing. In but, my brain, it's like uh, Dustfinger's working for Capricorn. Right, like, totally. Like from the get go. Yeah. yeah. So which is what happens. He shows yeah, up at the mansion and he's up. like, yes. I, I, I asked you to read me in the book. I tried to be nice yeah. about it, but I brought Capricorn this time. <laughs> and he's like, how'd you know we were here? And I'm like, this is your aunt. <laughs> he's like, all right, that's up. Again, he has telepathy along with firebending. <laughs> and they immediately get arrested and taken to Capricorn's new castle in an undisclosed location. <laughs> uh, somewhere in Germany, maybe. Maybe. There's a lot of... Uh, 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 Nazism, fascism overtones with Capricorn yeah. and the goons. Yeah, I mean yeah. they're burning they're books. Burning books. They're burning books. And yeah, they have like sigils on their face. Yeah, yeah. which yeah. I know is not like intended. Yeah, it's from a oh, god. The Capricorn other just thought Hitler had some good ideas. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's not. Capricorn's not saying he's a Nazi. He's just saying you know maybe we should reevaluate some of those ideas. In the nine years, Capricorn was in the the material plane of earth um he did some research read up on this interesting guy named adolf hitler yeah. oh was God. like ah capricorn's just saying you know he made some points yeah there's some points we could look at <laughs> some points we could look at here yeah uh but yeah they take them to the castle yeah um the first thing that i have written down is the stable scene when they're leading them through like the yeah. stable dungeon there's a unicorn there's a unicorn there's a crocodile with a ticking clock inside of it yeah there's a crocodile dundee oddly enough <laughs> paul hogan's there's there, uh, there's like the, the the monkeys from wizard of oz Again, yeah the fucking wizard of oz um, they're obsessed james franco's I'm, in one of the stables <laughs> <laughs> it's not but it's thank not you, thank you. it's that just it's that just james funny. franco <laughs> <laughs> it's like how <laughs> <laughs> like they're like, how'd you wind up in here? They're like, they read me out of my autobiography. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh. Man, could you do that? Could you read could a person you? out of their autobiography? Oh my god! Would it summon a second version of them, or would it just teleport? Them? I don't know. That's a good question. We'll have to. So I'm, I'm gonna, gonna email, email Cornelia. Yeah, I'm gonna email her and be like, "Import just stars, star, star, important respond ASAP, star, star, star." Hey, if you read an autobiography, would you like that? Well, like an autobiography of somebody who's like dead. Yeah, would you bring him back to life? Hobo, hobo, here on. <laughs> You bring Elvis back. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Uh, oh my god. Um, so yeah, they lead them through. Yeah. They put them in one of the 
uh, stable things. Um, and then that's when Mo goes on the expositional rant story to Maggie. Yeah, Nassel. he's just like his old Maggie. Uh, he's like, yeah, your mom sucked in a book. It sucked. <laughs> Remember that game Jumanji? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you ever seen Jumanji? <laughs> oh my god. She's uh, like, Dad, what happens to the women in that when the that's the fantasy world? <laughs> Oh my god! There's gonna be a TV series that comes out of HBO in a few years called Game of Thrones. You'll find out. Oh my god, <laughs> that part where he's telling her. So, uh, me and my fiance Beth watched the movie together, and as I was reading the book, I was telling Beth what was happening in the book because I do that. And um, when I told Beth, like, oh yeah, and the mom, you know, he read these people out of the book, and then the mom went into the book. Beth was like, well, how does he know that she's in the book? Like, how does he know that's what happened? And I'm like, that's he just knows, like. He just knows that's how it works. And Beth was like, no, how does, how, how, how does, how, how does, does he, he know? know? And then Ma- it was so funny in the movie. Then Maggie did the same thing. Maggie was like, how do you know she's in the book? Like, how do you know yeah, that's what happened? Right. And, and I was like, damn, asking the real question. I suppose like when, when they, ex- when he explains like the flashback scene, yeah, how he's reading to Maggie and yeah. then the whirl of wind and then Dustfinger arrives yeah, and then Capricorn arrives yeah. in his little golem state. Yeah. <laughs> and then all commotion happens. They flee and then he turns Don't over. Don't forget about Basta. Oh, and Basta. Basta. Don't forget about Basta. Basta. Basta Basta. Little Basta. <laughs> <laughs> Basta is it a Basta? <laughs> Did you just skim past Capricorn appearing? Uh, no, no. Okay. This is no, what we're, we're, we're talking about right now. Yeah, okay. um, and then he turns over and then just sees not his wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> my yeah. wife. I didn't kill my wife. I didn't suck my wife into a book. There was a man in my house. Oh, an armed man, a flaming man. I fought with this man. <laughs> oh God! You find him. You, you find this man. man. Okay, um, so, <laughs> and then they get led out of the stable to the main throne room, <laughs> where Capricorn is Chilling. in the wheel spinning chair. The only yeah. thing that was missing was a white cat on his yeah, lap. He actually spins yeah, spins around the chair. like, you thought you expected <laughs> someone else, Mr. Mr. Powers? <laughs> You're like, oh shit! It's <laughs> real. It's Mike Myers. <laughs> <laughs> read oh them out of the God. screenplay. <laughs> what if you read a screenplay when you saw the characters? This is what we're gonna do. The, oh I God. knew this is what we're gonna do. This episode is like just pick apart this whole little bit. Like if you read Birdman on your poster here, <laughs> no, would Birdman appear? That's not enough words. And here's my question: Top shelf. What if you read one of those books? No. <laughs> what would happen? No. <laughs> what? What? No. Wait. 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 No, no, don't do it. Oh, I do it. Don't 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 do it. Hold on, Jeff, Jeff, Jeff. Yeah. Let me let me do it. Don't do it. All right. So Stuart is now reading I'm so scared. My life, the autobiography of Bill Clinton. And we're gonna see what will happen. What if I get read into the book? I'm scared. President Bill Clinton's My Life is a strikingly candid portrait of a global leader oh my God. who said it early in Something's life coming out of the to book. devote his intellectual political gifts <gasps> and his... It, oh, don't hit it that hard. Um, <laughs> <and> it, <laughs> very sensitive and costing microphones. Oh. Oh, 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 do you hear something? Oh. Are you hearing think, something? Oh. And his extraordinary oh. capacity oh. for hard work oh, no. to serving the public. It is Oi. biography of President <gasps> Bill Clinton. Oh, Holy oh, shit! I was silver tongue! Holy fuck! Oh, hi, Stuart. <laughs> Last thing I remember. 
I was sipping back a daiquiri with Hillary <laughs> back in our mansion. Wait. Next thing I know, I'm in your apartment again. <laughs> am I am I speaking to what year did this book come out? Uh, speaking to former president Bill Clinton. This this what was the copyright of this book? <laughs> what what book? I read you out of a book, Bill. Two thousand sixteen. Did I did I read out 2016 Bill Clinton or did I read out? Oh, I don't know. Hillary, Hillary's about to win the election. Mr. President, I have really bad news. Hillary's (laughs) about to win the election, right? Stuart, you want to tell him or should I? I don't think I can. (laughs) I already packed my my White House garb. Go back to that White House. I'll be smoking doobies in the West Wing again, (laughs) Mr. President. We have Knocking some back bad. all non holes in the South Lawn. Mr. President, we have bad news. What? Can you guess what the bad news is? Uh, <laughs> they, they mowed the lawn, got rid of my golf course. Somebody else is going to be president. Oh, shit. Barack make himself third term. <laughs> Yeah, let's go with that. Yeah, yeah, that's what happened. <laughs> let's go with that. That's what happened. Oh, I recognize this apartment. I don't know how. Have I been here before? In 2016, no. <laughs> who lives here? Who lives here? Uh, a man who you'll meet in a few years. Oh, where where's he at right now? <laughs> uh, uh, I, I think he's hanging out with Hillary. Hold on, I'm trying to find uh, another name in this book that I can read from. See if I can. Um... What are you trying to do, Stuart? Oh, you'll find. Hi, out. Stuart. Stuart. <laughs> First thing I see is uh, Saddam Hussein. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! no. That's so amazing. Oh no! <laughs> what if I make Jack try to do Saddam Hussein? <laughs> <laughs> oh wait a minute oh wait a minute what are we talking I got, about I got, I got something even better and in the face of intense lobby by the NRA Al Gore had broken a 50-50 tie to pass the <laughs> close the gun show loophole in the Brady's law requirement of background checks it's an inconvenient problem <laughs> it's an inconvenient problem where am I it's me former press president Al Gore <laughs> Oh I got, my god. I got a question. Oh. I got a question. Have we stopped global warming yet? Uh I I think scientists give us like a five year max. Oh boy. <laughs> I, I told people it's an inconvenient problem. Back home in Tennessee, they don't believe me. But it's fine. I'll continue working. We'll keep plugging away. President Hillary Clinton gonna be erected in just a few months. Um. We'll get things ship shite. <laughs> oh, you're looking through that book there, son. I'm trying to find one more person if I can. Stuart, one how more are we going to get Jeff back out? Uh, oh, that's right. I got to get Jeff back out. Um, Who's Jeff? Oh, uh, shit. What can I think of that has like a Jeff Sweeney thing? Oh, I don't know. Um, um, you might have to pull a Meggie and write something yourself. Okay. <laughs> Um, give me uh, a pen. <laughs> okay. Oh wait. Uh, what are, What are you looking I at think there? There's something written. There's in a here. book you're grabbing. Um. Uh. What's that book? It. It. For me, d- Al Gore, it, former it, vice president of the United States of America. What's it, that book you're reading? It doesn't. It Son. doesn't have the person's name in it that I want to read from it. Well, who wrote that? 
Um, a man named Jeff Sweeney. Now, I'm not a philosopher, but by by my logic, if you read the text of a person, no, 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 no. from their person point of view, you would summon their essence. I got an even better idea. You got it. Okay. Um, I believe in you, Silver Tongue. This right. feels like a valuable use of my time. <laughs> uh, all of his friends. Who his? You're talking about my friends? All of uh, his friends. Ouch. Admired him for his wit uh, and humor. I'm just gonna fake right. Uh, wit and humor, and everyone appreciated, even how sometimes Whoa. he would speak in a Whoa. very high pitched tone. <laughs> and every once in a while, <laughs> he would uh, burp mid sentence. <laughs> and that man that we all admired is Jeff Sweeney. <laughs> God. Sorry. Jeff, you're back. Yeah, that was weird. I just found him next to Hillary Clinton. Oh my God. How's uh, she doing in 2016? She punched me in the face. She said, Get away from me, you creep. <laughs> <laughs> it was weird. What happened? Uh, I read from My Life Bill Clinton. Oh my God. Bill, you're a silver tongue. Bill He's Clinton, a silver tongue Bill right Clinton here. came out. That's cr- really? And then I read a passage. Did he remember ha- his last appearance on the show for Primary Colors? Uh,. Barely no. Oh, okay. And then it I hadn't re- been here yet, right? Because I was. It's oh, because this this was written it's in 2016. 2016 yeah. So he had not met you before. Yeah. So well, he had someone no contact Cornelia Funk because we found the answer to the question. You can summon people from history. Wow. Wow. That is that's a dangerous power you yeah, have. Yeah, you can just read yeah. Hitler's autobiography. <laughs> you better be careful. Yeah. Do you have the rise and fall of the Third Reich? Nope. Oh, okay. <laughs> anyway, so there was uh, Capricorn. Oh, there was Capricorn. Uh, we meet Capricorn. Yeah. Um, who's Jeff, you do have to burp in the middle of your sentences. That's how I. Um, that's how I conjured it. I know that. <laughs> um, yes. Uh, Capricorn turns around, and it's Andy Circus. It's Andy Circus. Yes. Um, who is good at being sinister. Um, there's not really much to the character in this movie. I saw untamed raw power. Yeah, Andy Serkis is a very good actor, and he's and he's having fun chewing the scenery with a like paper thin villain. Yeah, yeah. Because like his whole thing is like, I don't want to go back in the book. I want to bring more things out of books. Yeah. You're like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like this world. I think I'll stay. Yes. Yeah. Shit like that. And uh, he has a. Silver tongue who stutters and has been fucking up all the stuff they've been pulling out, which is why all the dudes have text on their face. Rude. Yeah, that's not a thing in the yeah, book. That was stupid. It's a little rude. That wasn't in the book at all. That was not in the book. No, was... he does. But like the thing they do in the book is kind of ableist, so it's fine because yeah. it's like they. Well, in the books, the guy fucks them up by like he'll bring somebody. Like for example, the mom, like she's mute now. Like that's how he fucked her up. Yeah. Like she came out and now she can't talk, or like yeah. people are missing a leg or something or oh whatever. God. There's no text on anybody's face. <laughs> Why can't it be like, you know, if you read them out of the book wrong, they just like are slight. They have like a caffeine addiction. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Yeah. It has to be something that like they're yeah. missing. Yeah. They're missing their sense of yeah. speech yes. or a limb. Yeah. Yeah. Was... I think this is about the halfway point of the movie. We don't make Capricorn until like the halfway point. Is it really? Yeah. It's like the halfway. It's like 45 minutes into this movie. Jeez. Then uh, the third act really drags. <laughs> yeah. So they meet the... And Capricorn's just like, this is my plan. I want you to read from this book. And he gives him a, thou- uh, a thousand Arabian Nights. Mm, What's a that? thousand and one nights. Isn't a thousand and one nights. Um, and he summons essentially Aladdin? It 
it's um, sure it's yeah. like a Aladdin kind of stand in, yeah. Yeah. A uh, character named Farid. Yes. Yeah. Um, played and by a bunch R- of gold. Rafi and a Gavron. bunch of gold. Uh, and yeah, so that happens. Yeah. And uh, Capricorn's like, do you, they have their your copy of Inkheart? And he takes a copy and he throws it in the fire. Yeah. Dustfinger is immediately like, oh no! no. He yeah, sticks his hands he's... in the fire and he gets burnt. Yeah. 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 This is important. Is it? Meanwhile, Brendan gets taken to jail. Um, <laughs> to jail. Uh, in the basement of the castle. The and dungeon. Dustfinger goes into like the kitchen area yeah, to get where some all ice. the prisoner women are working. To They're sand. shackled to the and floor we in the kitchen. That Riza. Riza. Moe's wife is there. Yeah. Working. She's been pulled out of the book already. Yeah. Yeah. But she can't talk. She, can't, she talk. can't talk. Um, at this point, Dustfinger, seeing her, has a flashback to his family. Um, and I just want to highlight this because Jennifer Connelly <laughs> is playing his wife for one scene. That's true. Because they're she actually is. married in real life. Oh. Yeah. Um, there you go. Uh, this is important because I wanted to quickly read from Paul Bentley's Wikipedia his personal life section. Sure. Because uh, I find this very funny. On 1st of January, 2003, Bentney married American actress Jennifer Connelly in Scotland. They met when they starred together in the 2001 film A Beautiful Mind. They did not become a couple until sometime after filming as they were in other relationships at the time. As a teenager, Bentney had developed a crush on her after seeing her in the 1986 film Labyrinth. The oh, sep- my God. No, the I sep- love Labyrinth. The 9-11 attacks motivated him to act on his what? feelings for her. What? And after two what days of- the fuck? And oh. after two days of attempting to contact her, he proposed, despite the fact that they were not yet in a relationship. Soon after their marriage, they moved to Brooklyn Heights after living in Tribeca. The couple have two children together and is still together to this day. <laughs> 9-11, man. <laughs> I like that he's like, we met on a movie. Wow. I had a crush on you when I was a teenager. 9-11 has inspired me to propose to you in spite of us not uh, being in a relationship. Okay. There's a lot to unpack there. And apparently they're still together and happy. But well, I guess. I think that's just such a wild story. Yeah, that's crazy. Are there any of them Scientologists? Jennifer Connelly, Paul Bettany? Mm, not, not that, that I know of. We haven't talked about Scientology in a while. I kind yeah. of miss it. <laughs> when, when yeah, we, I have things to say. When we do Tom Cruise one day. <gasps> we could it. read L. Ron Hubbard out of a book. That would be fun. <laughs> oh. Beat him up and put him, send him back. <laughs> <laughs> I want to summon a guy out of a book, beat him up, and send him back. <laughs> just, for, just for the bit. Right, after, right before like a really heroic speech. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so they're in prison. And uh, Dustfinger breaks, breaks them, out. them out. Yeah. Uh, because. Oh, like I think he overhears them talking through a plan. Yeah. About we should find the author. Yeah. Because it's surely the author. Which did nobody in the nine years think of this idea? <laughs> like yeah. what? Not even Capricorn thought of it. Well, the whole thing in the in the in the books is that. None of the nobody in the book. I don't know why they decided this. This I think it was kind of silly, but nobody in Inkar, like the characters in Inkar, they're all literate. Nobody knows how to read, so they don't what? really think. Yeah, they don't think about books. Like they're nobody reads. I don't know. Very why. good. <laughs> uh, they so Dustfinger breaks him out. He leaves Riza there and doesn't tell Mo that she's there. It's a very like kind of. Brutal scene. Yeah, that's yeah. was messed up. Because she kind of tries to break out, but yeah. then she's like in and like she's like the trying dungeon. to scream for help, yeah. but she can't scream. And Dustfinger saves her, yeah. and then just leaves. Yeah, that and was fucked up. Fucked up. And so they drive to Italy, 
Oh, Fenoglio. Got the way for the way that they break Fenoglio. out. <laughs> Thank you. The way. How many times are you gonna say that Fenoglio's name? Fenoglio's house. The, the way that they break out is that Fraser reads from Wizard of Oz and creates the storm. Yes. They Fenoglio. just break out like normal people. Well, so many different yeah. things have happened, and I know I'm not gonna tell you all the differences, but. It's just the way they break out. I think in the books, it's just it's just a very normal breakout. And then yeah, Dustfinger, like, Dustfinger, there's a bunch of cars, and Dustfinger just like pops the tires on all the other cars, so nobody can follow them. And then they just are like, okay, bye, bye, <laughs> nice. There's um, no no Wizard of Oz. <laughs> so yeah, they 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 find Fenoglio. They find. <laughs> <laughs> they find no, they, they go to Finoglio, who lives in Italy. And when when you tell me that they're gonna go see a guy named Finoglio who writes books in Italy, I'm expecting like <laughs> fucking Super Mario or something to come out. Like, cricket. No, and then it said Slughorn. Like, no, like it, it should it, it should be like um the like Geppetto who sh- or some shit like that. Should come and be like, Mamma Mia, you read my book. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> you like my you like my book. I like your meatball. Here we go. Eat the spaghetti. Like that should be the guy who pops out of this. Who, like wrote this book. And no. so they get there. A guy named Fenoglio in Italy, and they open the door, and Jim Broadbent <laughs> comes out, the single most British man of all time. Who also he's like, Oh, you read my book, didn't you? <laughs> This is my favorite performance in this movie. I was gonna say, I knew it was amazing casting. Jim Broadbent was is so funny. He's like, if you took the British island, like the island itself, and just turned it into a person, <laughs> him. he's an emerge. That's him. Jim Broadbent. He's funny in everything he appears in, not for any reason. He just is very funny looking. Yeah, it's sound. not intentional. Yeah, it's just him. He just walks in. He's like, oh yeah, it's me. I'm Jim Broadbent. <laughs> He's on a run at this point. He's in Narnia. He's in Hot Fuzz. He's in Indiana Jones 4. He's in Inkheart. He's in Harry Potter. It's like Jim Broadbent's supremacy in this household. <laughs> yeah, okay. At this point in time. Uh, he's in Cloud Atlas in the best storyline of that movie. Has anyone seen Cloud Atlas? No. That's no. why I didn't say anything. It's a Wachowski sisters movie. And the... Basic idea is that it's five, di- or we have five different stories across time, starting with like the 1600s and one like a thousand years in the future, mm-hmm. and how like a little act of kindness in one time period affects everything else, and how like kindness rebounds That's through cute. history. Really good movie, but like the one of the storylines is about like rebels fighting in a massive war in the future, and the Jim Broadbent mm-hmm. storyline is him trying to break out of a retirement home because he's accidentally sent into it. Oh. And it's just like him with a walker, like trying to break out of this fucking retirement oh. center. Damn. Fascinating. Uh, just felt that was. Um, they're about to go meet Finoglio, but Dustfinger does not want to meet him. Yeah. He's like, you never want to meet your maker or whatever. And he's like, yes. I also don't want to know. Like, he's like, Maggie, do you know how your story ends? And he's like, no. And it's like, yeah, well, neither do I. And that's how I want to keep it that way. Which I think makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. You yeah. want to meet the person who writes your story. Um, nice. Every boy is a... Nice. Okay, great. Uh, cool. <laughs> Jeff showed us something that Jeff thinks is funnier than me and Stuart. I've been, I've been laughing missed. about this for weeks. <laughs> That's what you missed. <laughs> uh, so... The audience at home. Yeah, they talked to Finoglio, and then F- they're like, yeah, and we brought Dustfinger. And Finoglio, like, it doesn't take much for Finoglio to believe them that his 
yeah, writings are coming out of the book. Yeah, it's harder in the. Um, thank but. God this wasn't like a Tolkien esque like book where like the author is well dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but no, and he's he's like, oh my God, Dustfinger! It's like I have to meet Dustfinger. It's like my child, and meets Dustfinger. Dustfinger has an existential crisis. It's like, why is he all freaked out? Is he sad because he dies at the end of the book? Whoa! Dustfinger's like, what? It's like not cool. Yeah, yeah, it's not chill, guy. Not cool. Finoglio in the books is much Finoglio. chiller than Slughorn. Finoglio. So, he's got cute little grandkids too that they took out. I like the grandkids. Uh, yeah, they, they're dead. They're, they're not there. Non-existent. No. Also, there's a whole like, and I'm not saying this shouldn't have been, it should have been in the movie. It should not have because there's no reason, but it is fun in the book. There's like, again, they're like in, they like just like go stay in a hotel in Italy for like yeah. two weeks. They like they like all like show up in Italy and they're like, all right, well, I guess we got to talk to this author. But like first, like we need to just chill. So they like go have breakfast. Yeah. And they're like hanging out. And then like Eleanor is like, I got fucking money. Let's just like go stay in the penthouse. Yeah. And they're just like staying in the penthouse for like two weeks. Eleanor like leaves at this point. Yeah. Yeah. In the movie. She, she does, does. the smart gone. thing. And she's yeah. like, this isn't for me. Yeah. Here's she's thing. like, this movie is 106 minutes long. An hour and 46 minutes. That's like a good length for a movie. I usually prefer a shorter movie unless there's like a lot to do. Yeah. I agree. Why I think they so could have now? added a little more to this movie. It seems like they're like you're adding all these things like, yeah, they cut all this out. They cut all that out. I'm not but, saying this movie should be three hours long, but no, but you could add like five minutes to this movie and probably fix some I things. Think that, yeah, for sure. And like just like some more. Like there's just a lot of fun things that happen yeah. in the books that would just add a little that aren't necessary but would just add a there's little. There's no character spice. in this movie. There's no character. And like Fraser's, he's a, he's a blank slate in this movie. I hate Everybody's to say it. a blank slate. They're all. He's like a walking like mannequin. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he does. He doesn't work for nothing. this role at all. That's, that's why I, I admire Paul Bettany for his performance because there's nothing differently written about Dustfinger other than Paul Bettany just yeah. bring, bringing a little bit of flavor to yeah, it. Yeah. Two guys who miss their I wives. Agree. <laughs> yeah. This is a wife guy movie. It is a wife guy movie. The Dustfinger book has no wife. Really? Yeah. He just wants to go back because. Wow. He just wants to go back because he's like, I miss the fairies. Yeah, I miss. I miss the goblins. I, I miss. Can see the Shire. Yeah. He has no family. He doesn't have a family. Uh, but this this movie said people only want wives and you only want their wives. Only want their wives. <laughs> Christopher Nolan put on notice. <laughs> Cut to that uh, everyday common white dude flashback scene of the wife under the cover smiling at them. Yeah. <laughs> Every movie. Every fucking movie. Literally. Uh, is uh, it? They find the manuscript. Yeah, and Dustfinger casually reveals uh, your wife is back at the castle. Yeah. He's like, the fuck? He's like, why did you tell me that? He's like, I thought you wouldn't read me back. He's like, I'm not going to read you back now. (laughs) Yeah. He's a little mad. And so eventually, Mo and Dustfinger, they're like, we're going to go back to Capricorn's castle and get Risa. Yeah. And they leave Maggie. (laughs) Maggie. Behind. (laughs) With Fanoglio. Yeah. (laughs) She's the lead this sixteen year old girl at home with Jim Broadbent. <laughs> Here's the thing. The scene where he I'm sorry, I'm no go, sorry. I love Jim Broadbent. I don't know if I'd trust my twelve year old daughter alone with Jim Broadbent. No. If I have no connection to Jim Broadbent. No. No. She's my dad, different story, but it's just like a guy who wrote a book. Right. And so uh Maggie is at Jim Broadbent's. Yeah. And she's just like reading a she's reading The Wizard of Oz. 
And it's just them, right? The two of them, yeah. right? Yeah. She's yeah. reading The Wizard of Oz then, for the hell of it. Because. And summons Toto, who's very important to the movie. Um, <laughs> hey. Hey. <laughs> hey. You know the real dog that played Toto, they have like a gravesite in Kansas for? It was like a great gravestone. Yes, yeah, su- sucks different. Oh, okay. He was in multiple movies, Toto. All right, anyway, so um, then. We should do animals as our subjects for the next season. Of no, show. you shouldn't. That's First a up, idea. Harambe. <laughs> no, he's never in a movie. We should, like, we're, like, I'm talking like Bart the Bear. I'm going to go um, on Twitter while you guys figure it out. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, she's, she summons Toto, and then a bunch of henchmen show up. And then, oh, you're a silver tongue, in yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, this is the scene in the movie when Hermione and Ron take Maggie aside and they're like, Maggie, you're a silver tongue. It's like, I'm a what? <laughs> no, just Maggie. No, I just I'm read just, from the book. Have... It's like, well, to us, it sounded like you were speaking with a snake voice and bringing things to life. Uh, but yeah, Capricorn's men find her and take her. They take. Oh, okay, hold on. Uh, but I also think it's very funny. They bring in Pinoglio and he's just like, what was I supposed to do? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, you want to kidnap us? That's why I like him because it's Jim Broadbent just bumbling around for That's the rest like, of this movie, yeah. nothing to contribute. No, nothing. That's just so funny. Anyways. He's like, yeah, they showed up, but look, it's Basta. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I'm like, like, number one, how'd you find us here? It's your aunt's house. How'd you find us here? It's the author of the book. <laughs> Fuck. Um. Ellen, we get a random cut to Eleanor, and she decides not to get on a train and come back and help them. Um, good for Helen Mirren getting that bag. Uh, I hope she got paid well for this. There's uh, a scene in the in the books where she act, she goes to the police, and then the police come, and then it turns out that Capricorn is like in with the police. <laughs> Hell yeah! <laughs> and they're like, "This lady's talking shit about you, so we brought her here so you can throw her in the dungeon." <laughs> so sad for them. Yeah. This is an anti-cop. Um, anti-cop anti-cop literature. Book. Yeah. This so. movie's pro-cop. Yeah, the movie's pro-cop. The book's yeah. anti-cop. So, yeah, Mo, Dust, and Fareed, they uh, sneak into the castle. At the, Basically, um, Capricorn's men show up with Finoglio and Maggie at the same time. Yeah, they get there very quickly. And while the three of them are sneaking around, they bring Maggie immediately to Capricorn. They're like, he, she's a silver tongue, too. He'll read for me, and he opens up a lockbox book that has a copy of Inkar. Well, no, first he gives her The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn. Oh. And this is where I thought this movie was about to get a little dicey. Oh, no. Oh, I didn't even notice that Because he happened. gives her a copy of Huckleberry Finn. And she's just like, and Huck said to Jim, look at our raft. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> Let's tread very carefully, Maggie. <laughs> Let's think about this before we read some words and summon some people. Because <laughs> we all know what happens in that book. Yeah, not good. Yeah. But not they great. didn't go there. They didn't. Which was, I, which well, was for the Because best. the raft does appear. The raft appears. And I was very nervous that someone was going to crawl out of that raft. No, but no. And I didn't think they were going to say the word. But I was like, that character's appearance here. Yeah, it's. it's would just it's be just very enough. Dicey. Yeah, don't do that. Don't do that. Wait, I have a question. I have an yeah. answer. So you Maybe. know the the old lady who has the box with Inkarn in it, and then the yeah. snakes come out, whatever. In the books, that's um, Capricorn's mom. Do they ever specify that in the movie? No. Okay. They never say that. I that's remember. cool, though. I like that. That's Yeah, Capricorn's got 
got mommy issues and daddy issues. Mm. We love a villain with mommy issues. We do love a villain with mommy issues. Anyways, I couldn't remember if they like specified that or if they even I, hinted at it. But. I went to go see Bo is Afraid a few days ago. Oh, how was that? Um, it is the most mommy issue movie I've ever seen in my life. Is it most what? The mommy issue movie. Oh. It's a movie all about mommy issues. It's basically In a like, good way or a bad It's a way? grand epic about a guy trying to get home to his mom's house. <laughs> Got it. Did you like it? I really liked it. Becca did not. Okay. It's three hours long. And it's mostly just Joaquin Phoenix finding himself in really high anxiety situations. Got it. But I liked it. Okay. Anyways. Anyways. Uh, so Capricorn makes her summon the raft. And he's like, you're going to read and summon the shadow. Yeah. That whole bit was like, they make her read from a lot of things. Because there's like the, yeah. s- the sword and the stone in there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's like, there's like a few other things. They just have her read from vol- multiple books. But... But yeah, then they reveal the Inkheart book, yeah. and they're like, "You're gonna read the and shadow. get the shadow out." Has the shadow been mentioned at all in the movie? Before? Early, okay, yeah, early. It's funny that the next twenty minutes of this movie are basically like a Benny Hill skit. Oh my god, Mo, Dustfinger, and Fareed just like bumbling around this castle, getting accomplishing nothing, getting out, getting recaptured, getting yeah. out. I think Dustfinger maybe gets captured three times. Dead ass. Yeah. It's brutal. And so I have Dustfinger getting captured. Maggie. Oh, and then one of the things we missed was when Capricorn tells Maggie to read, she says, no. Oh, well, let me tell you how to treat my prisoners. Capricorn. I don't think Capricorn knows that he's showing Maggie her mom. He's just showing her like, this yeah. is how I treat my prisoners. Yeah. But then she sees that it's Reza. And she's like, mom. Yeah. It's like, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that revealed Reza's back. Yeah. Um. I, I then I wrote my next note. I wrote down is okay. Dot dot dot. The third act of this movie drags in all caps yes. <laughs> because it's just yeah. them running it's around. It's so boring. Nothing I I was I will say I was like just on my phone. Yeah. Just like every once in a while looking yeah. up, I was like I'm so bored. You this can is... fully skim to the the end now. Well, I was literally because yeah. my next note after that is the ceremony scene. Yeah. <laughs> like which is the last ten minutes of the movie. Yeah. They make this whole big production out of Maggie reading the shadow out of the book. What's different from her doing it at the ceremony scene than just doing it right then and yeah. there? at the fucking throne yeah. room yeah there's no difference yeah and so he's holding like finoglio and and wait okay so in the in the movie because again now i stopped paying attention like he just wants her to read the shadow out there's yeah. not like a specific okay because he's like in the in the books he's like well he wants her to read it out at him any out anyways also the shadow in the books i don't feel like they specify this in the movie too it's like it's kind of like a peter pan sort which like it's, there's a lot of peter pan things going yeah. on in the um in the book, but it's like sort of like, you know, a Peter Pan shadow kind of like yeah. thing. Like it's his shadow. But anyways, okay. yes. That's interesting. Cause this is just a monster. It's, it's just, just a, monster. a cloud monster. It's like yeah. his, it's like his shadow. Interesting. It's like a, like a, a, a version of him that has like no, like absolutely no feeling. So it can mm. just like be as like terrible. Um, but he's like, yeah, we're going to do this. Like the, the reason it's a whole production is because he's like, we're going to have the shadow like kill, Dustfinger and Finoglio, Finoglio and Risa. Finoglio, Finoglio. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you, Jeff. Um, yeah, and he's like, and everybody's gonna come to watch the like execution. He wants like a big show out of it. He's like, we're gonna like do an execution basically, and the shadow's gonna yeah. do it. And we gotta get everybody. We gotta figure out everybody's schedules. Yeah. Make sure all my henchmen <laughs> can be there on right, top. You yeah. know, it's like gotta be Friday at six. Right. PM. Like there's like Daylight a whole savings like, time was yesterday, so we have to adjust. Point. Yeah. So that's like the reason. Yeah. That it is also the mo- like when she f- 
so you know i was saying earlier about how like she doesn't really give a shit about finding her mom right so that actually when she like sees her mom which it's because again there's so many things that are different but like they're they both end up like captured together and they're like there and so it's like when she realizes it's it's her mom is actually like such a beautiful scene because it's like this whole time she's like been like oh i don't care and then she like realizes it's her mom and it's like it's just so and she like her mom like writes her this thing that's like you know like you're more like you're more beautiful than i could have ever imagined i've thought of you every day like i've celebrated every single one of your birthdays or something Mm. and it's just like so like it gets me every time it's so beautiful because like she didn't think that she cared and then like she's there with her and now it's like it's my mom fuck yeah Yeah. it's like now it's my mom fuck i I found her and now like i do realize that i love her and she's gonna die yeah you know so it's like really beautiful but in the movie you're just like okay in the movie she's just like yeah yeah, Mom. and she's got that thing on her head. I didn't know what was happening with that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but it was like the 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 Jacob Marley like bit. Yes, I was, <laughs> I was like, like oh, yes, Marley I was like, what is going Marley. on here? It's so distracting. Yeah, yeah. I I had this thought when they were gonna like kill Fenoglio, and I I knew right away it wasn't correct because like they bring back creatures from dead authors all the time. Yeah, but I thought like if they kill the author, does that kill them all too? Oh, that's actually a really good point because they that's something they say to convince them to not kill him. They, he tells them that, Finoglio, in the books. He's like, if, if you, you kill, kill me, me, like, you're going to kill yourselves. And, like, yeah. they're, like, kind of half at, but, like, they're, like, too scared to do it. So they actually decide not to kill him then. Yeah. So he does They do. He does pull that. Yeah. Like he pulls that, that card out. That would have been a little interesting in the movie if, like, if you kill me, like, what's to say that doesn't kill you all too? Yeah, or... and, you know, Basta's, like, that meme where it's, like, all the, the math up above, like, trying to figure yeah. out if that's true. He's <laughs> like, probably not a good idea yeah isn't it yeah so uh Uh, so they do the ceremony scene they make maggie read from um the thing in car uh eleanor shows up and frees the uh stable creatures the (laughs) the monkeys the unicorn the the lions and the tigers tigers. And the, and the bears. bears. Oh, oh my. my. There we go. Um, hey! <laughs> as that's all happening, Dustfinger and Fareed are somewhere. Brendan Fraser is somewhere. Lots going on. So much. So many uh, moving pieces. She unleashes the shadow, but then they cr- come up with this idea in prison of like, what if we rewrite something so like we make the shadow do something else? Which again, or- Maggie does not like, that's another thing that they make Maggie come up with. Maggie's ass does not come up with that. That's <laughs> Mo and Finoglio figure that out together. And anyways, so Maggie has no part of that. She's 12 years old. Yeah. She doesn't know what the fuck's going on. She's a, uh, genius. <laughs> I guess <laughs> genius. so. She's a genius. Um, and so, she starts reading the new passage, and then a little fight breaks out. Fraser storms, Mo storms in. It's like, don't read from the book. Mm. And then, like, a ghastly ghoul sound appears, and then Emotep rises from the grave. <laughs> it basically is the same yeah. thing. Uh, and so eventually, and then she runs out of the pages, like, or like, he, I don't know, something happened. Like Capricorn gets a page or something like that. And then she's like, and then Fanoga's like, write it yourself or yeah. something. And this is like, in the movies, I w- head. This is the scene that's supposed to get us all pumped up. It's like she's writing her own yeah. story. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like she's like, and then the shadow. Blah 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 blah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was literally more excited when you were writing the thing about yeah. Jeff, like, <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> to get Jeff back. <laughs> 
and, and it was so like and then the shadow like you know and then she basically end games everybody yeah she's like and i am yeah. maggie <laughs> and everyone fades yeah. Yeah. <laughs> snaps yeah. yeah and they all fade away the shadow goes away her mom can speak again. I totally Which wanted... is not true. Her mom cannot speak again at the end of the book. They really? No. This is, this is also silly. She's still mute. Damn. Um, Eleanor at one point storms in on a unicorn. Yes. I don't think we said that. But... That was a fun. She doesn't do anything. Yeah, she doesn't do anything. She just yeah, runs in a unicorn. Happens. Like, ah! Great. <laughs> uh, it's funny just to see Helen Mirren storm in on a unicorn yeah. and scream and yeah. then do yeah. nothing. Yeah. Um, all while that's happening, when she's reading everybody back into the book, Dustfinger and Freed are late. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they miss it. So ask us, dear audience, why don't they get to put the book? Because they're late. <laughs> yeah. They're present in the space. But she just says all creatures. Is there like a radius? There's a spell radius that you have to adhere to, I'm sure. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. That's not what happens in the book, so I don't know. And then Dustfinger and Freed are like, they walk away sadly. Yeah. And then Mo chases them down. He's like, hey! We're going to read you back into the book. Yeah. And then he's like, you go back in the book. Does that happen? Dustfinger does not end up. I don't know in the other Whoa. books. In the other books. Because I, I haven't really? read them. But at the end of the first one, he does not end up back in the book. Wow. I'm looking up Ink Spell right now. Yeah. I'm, I would assume at the end. Well, actually, I think I'm pretty sure in the second book, Meggie ends up in Ink Spell. Whoa. Or Ink Heart. I'm sorry. In Ink Heart. Yeah. But yeah, Dustfinger at the end of the book. Nope. He's... He's still out there. So when when uh, when the ink heart came out, yeah, it wasn't a book about a book within a book called ink or ink spell. It was yeah. still ink heart. Ink heart, yeah. There wasn't like in the world of the mo- in the, of the book. No. There wasn't a sequel to ink heart called ink spell. Not that I okay. Not that I Just know. One book. Well, in ink heart, no ink spells never mentioned. There's no sequels mentioned. Okay. And I don't think. I mean, I would assume that we would have heard from the author if yeah. it was like. Yeah, and the sequels. There no. are sequels. There are sequels. And the sequels. Yeah. I'm reading the plot of the sequel right now. I Also, something that bothers me about this whole thing in general, both the book and the movie, is like, you would think if people get read into these books, like, then when you read the books, wouldn't the books change? That bothers me. I think the books should change when right. you read it again. Yeah. Like, if Dustfinger's not in the book anymore, then like... If you read the crocodile out of Peter Pan, does it's that mean a, crocodile's not in Peter Pan anymore? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. But that never happens. Anyways, mm-hmm. that's just a little uh Fareed op- for me. Fareed nope. opts to stay yes. with the group. Yeah. To um in layman's turn in like just you know, to make it very um simple and blunt, um he wants to fuck Maggie. <laughs> he wants to fuck Maggie. He's <laughs> got a little oh. he's got a little crush. Let me tell you. Yes. In ink spell. Yeah. They fuck. Oh, Maggie and Fareed. A 12-year-old? Good for them. Um, It it seems like Ink's spell is very much set in the Ink world. Yeah. With a lot of lore about, like, the Ink world being, like, this fantasy realm. Got it. Which seems maybe a little silly. It seems... That's why, like, the first... The book ends... I mean, poor Dustfinger is, like, you know, didn't get back. But, like, the first book ends, like, it could just stand alone. There's not, like, a... um, What's the um, why can't I think? There's not a cliffhanger, there's not something like you're really waiting for, like yeah. it ends. Like, you're like, I think Corn- so. what was Cornelia? Cornelia, Funk, Funk, I think she wrote the books after the movie came out. No, they came out before, the really. Sequels. Yeah, the sequels came out before the movie. Yep, they both the sequels came out in 2005 and 2007, and the movie came out in 2008. Oh, okay, I, I don't mean, know what I read was incorrect then. 
um, just so the, our listeners know what happens to Farid, he actually goes with Dustfinger because yeah. they're they're besties in the. I don't yeah. feel like they're. I don't feel like their their bestiness was portrayed well enough in the movie, but in the books, they're like. Mm. Well, Farid is like, you're my dad now. I follow you everywhere. <laughs> and Dustfinger's That's like, cute. bro, get away from me. But also, I love you. So they like go off together. But Dustfinger is like, don't you want to fuck Maggie? Like, don't you want to stay? Like, I thought you wanted to fuck he's Maggie. Like, when she's legal. Yeah. He's like, in a couple of years, I'll come back <laughs> and I'll fuck Maggie. So they, they leave together. And then the rest of the family goes to live with Eleanor. They stay in the house with Eleanor in Italy. That's how it ends. And the movie just is like such a boring, like it just ends suddenly. Yeah, it does. Yeah, is that the last scene? It's like him. It's like Dustfinger, right? Is the last scene? Yeah, the last scene is Dustfinger. Running to his wife? Yeah, and a wide shot because I guess uh, Jennifer Connelly was not available that day. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. It, right. Or do we do we go the, and see the rest of the family? Or is that the last it. scene? That is the last scene. Um, I'm looking at Cornelia Funk's uh, Wikipedia page right now, and it says often referred to as the German J.K. Rowling, which like seems like a threat now. <laughs> Ooh, yikes. A German what J.K. Is, Rowling? What else has she done? Yikes. The Dragon Rider series, the Mirror World series. Oh, wait. Oh, my God. That's her? Mirror World or Dragon Rider? No, the Mirror World series. Reckless is the first Oh, this I was thinking of something different. Never mind. I don't care about these. I don't know these books. I was thinking of something different. But it's like the thing that's interesting to me about this story um, is like the idea of the summoning fictional characters out of a book. Yeah. I'm like not... Like, reading the idea for the sequel, like, the idea of an ink world where it's, like, a different society within, like, the connected realm of books. Yeah. Doesn't really seem, like, that oh, wait. interesting. Thought, it doesn't seem interesting to me, too. That's why, like, yeah, the sequels are sorry, never... I thought you meant, like, they go into Inkheart the book and they live in the world that is Inkheart. You mean ink world as in a total different, like, dimension entirely where it connects all the books. That seems to be what it is implying here. Boring. Boring. The White Woman, the Inkworld's Angels of Death. The White Woman. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yeah, guys, Inkheart, not not a good movie. Boring. Not a good movie. Pretty good book. It's a fun book. Not a good movie. Paul yeah. Benny was okay. Paul yes, yeah. Paul I, he Benny was, was the okay. best. So there's I think. some good casts. I thought he and I thought he. They. I mean, there. It wasn't completely accurate, but I thought he captured the energy of the character yeah. probably the best. Um, Paul Bettany, good. Andy Serkis, good. Good. Jim yeah. Broadbent, uh, Academy Award nomination. Very sad that Fraser is kind of like the sleeper. In He's this movie. so boring. He's really him bad and Maggie give n- nothing. Like I'm, I will say this is maybe the first movie where I thought Thrasher is like bad, with a capital B, and this is a tough time at his. Can life. I say one good thing? Yes. I thought his hair looked cute. His hair does his look hair cute. Look I cute. really like that haircut. While Sir, I was watching it, I said, "Beth, should I cut my hair like that?" <laughs> you know, we haven't done a hair ranking in like two months. I, I literally. Gave I know, you, I know. I'm just saying I we haven't done it. I'm not saying we're gonna do it. I'm just saying we haven't done it. I'm sorry to bring up hair, Stuart. I just, I. It's a sore subject. Yeah, I think we're done. I think we're done with it. Okay. Well, all I'm saying is I thought his hair hair was cute in the movie. That's it. We can just end it there. Yeah. Now I have to go on the fucking apology tour, Jeff. Yeah, you you do have to go on the apology tour, (laughs) and I'm putting you on it. Um. (laughs) uh, So this movie comes out uh, December. I have to crank these episodes out at a slightly quick rate yeah and it brings the edit time down and yeah part yeah. of like splicing the audio putting in like theme music putting in blah 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 
I just don't have time. Yeah. No, that's fair. This I wasn't fair. trying to get into hair ranking. No, I no, just, no. I had, I, that was the only positive I thing know, I had to say. I know. I'm just. I'm sorry. I feel bad about it. No, you should. It's feel a bad sore about subject for my bad. I. I've ignored uh, so it. Stewart. It was my baby at Travolting, and I've let it slide. Yeah. I, but I feel like never mind. Never mind. We're no hair. No more hair talk. Hair's this, done. Uh, yeah, that was a hairy conversation. I think you need next person that you do needs to be bald. Bald, or we need to, we need to find a new thing. The next person we have has a lot of hair. We need to find a Jeff. New, find a new thing. We, well, do you know him? <laughs> right. We need to find like you know like the the sweaty palm ranking or something. <laughs> Or like the eyebrows ranking or something. If Ooh, we're doing Will Poulter ever, we can do the eyebrows ranking. Eyebrows would be fun. Yeah. I love yeah. eyebrows. Um, so this movie comes out January 23rd, 2009 in the U.S. Um, it is released overseas in December um, mm-hmm. of 2008. Yeah. Uh, it comes out not a success. <laughs> Shocker. Yeah. Um, it opens number seven at the box office Ooh, for its opening weekend. Brutal. Yikes. What was number one? Oh, what find, was number one through six? Actually, let's find out <laughs> what, what beat it. <laughs> um, I U.S. box office January twenty third. I'm gonna tell you right now, Avatar is number one. Yeah, oh, God, true. Avatar. It is 2009. Um, what were you just watching, Jeff? That you? I don't know if you tweeted it or you put it somewhere where you were like, this whole time I was just thinking about Avatar. <laughs> um. God, what was that movie? I just did watch something where the whole time I was thinking about Avatar. Um, oh, it was um, Moana. Oh, my God. I said, I said good movie and all, but the whole time I'm watching it now, I keep thinking, what if the Navi were here? And Jesus what if Christ. I was watching The Way of Water? That was so disrespectful. I also <laughs> did a review of Star Trek for The Voyage Home. A double feature of this and Way of Water would be a whale of a good time because they're both movies about whales. Um, and yet, I will uh, take yet, my Academy Award on the way out. And yet, not a lot of good feelings on the actual whale movie, The Whale. Yeah. You whale, like not, so whale. Good, not so great. Do you not like The Whale? I'm like a I'm like a whale defender here. Stuart's the only well, whale. I haven't seen it. I just oh. all my fat friends were like bad, fat phobic. Mm. I'm sure he's so, good in it. He he is that he is good in it. I don't I don't really care for the movie that much. And I heard what's her yeah. face was so bad. Oh, Sasing is awful in that movie. She's like walks in every scene is like <laughs> I'm gonna kill my dad. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, so I forgot. Avatar comes out December of 2009 and would be in January of 2010. Um, number one is a lot funnier. Okay, what is it? Number one at the box office, the weekend that Inkart opens is Paul Blart Mall. <laughs> 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 no! I'm so glad I asked. That's in so its, funny. In its second weekend, Paul Blart Mall Cop. That's so funny. I love it. That is so funny. Number two at the box office is Underworld 3, Rise of the Lycans. I don't know what that is. Number three is Gran Torino, Clint Eastwood's movie about shooting people off his lawn. (laughs) Okay, not good. Number four is Hotel for Dogs. Um, Number five is Slumdog Millionaire in its 11th week, still making a lot of money. Number six, My Bloody Valentine. And then number seven, Inkar. That's pretty brutal. That is brutal. That's Paul Blart really absolutely bodying. That's really sad. <laughs> Mo and Finoglia. That's really sad. <laughs> um, it's a lot funnier than Avatar. Um, 
Yeah, this movie overall makes seventeen million in the United States, forty-five million internationally on a six million on a sixty million dollar budget. So it uh, loses a lot of money. It is a pretty decent DVD seller. It makes eight million in DVDs. That's interesting. Um, and then it overall gets poor reviews. Um, heavy on cliches and light on charm. Um, yes. The Hollywood Reporter, whatever made this German novel Inkart by Cornelia Funk so popular that it got translated into 37 languages is nowhere to be evidence in the film yes, version. Yes, I agree. Um, I like this review from the Arizona Republic. Inkart is entertaining enough, if not always easy to follow. And if it does not, if it does nothing else, it at least may inspire kids to read, if for no other reason than to make sense of it. <laughs> <laughs> Brutal. Um. Uh. Yeah, that's that's the extent of it. It comes out as a flop, big time. It's it, it's the final nail in the coffin for Fraser's like career, like successful career at this time. Yikes! They're never giving him the lead of a movie like this again. Do you think he resents Cornelia? Uh, I don't think so. If only because he seems number one, like a kind man. Number two, he would not have gotten this shot if yeah. it wasn't for her. Yeah. And he is getting divorced as this movie is being uh, made. Yikes. So I'm sure he appreciated the paycheck. That's fair. That's fair. Oof. Do we think, okay, so I, I'm not, um, not that I'm not a fan. I just, I don't have a, um, I don't have a good working knowledge of his, his work. I don't really know. Mm. Um, you know, I've kind of only seen the hits. Um, but it seems like you guys, you know, Jeff, I heard you say like, this is the the first movie so far where you were like, wow, he was just bad in yeah. this. Um, do you think it was just like bad cast? I mean, we said earlier it was bad casting, but like, do you think there's a way he could have played this differently? Or do you think it's just like he, it's just not a role for him? I think it's not a role for him at this time. It doesn't play to his strengths. I think there's a way he could be good in this. Yeah. It would require a stronger director. Yeah. And it would have to come at a better time in his life. Yeah. Because coming right now, like, I just think he's very emotionally strapped. He is. He, yeah. And this, what was this director's name? Uh, Ian Softly. He, oh, yeah. This this yeah. guy's not going to do it. He's this, not. No, he's not pulling the performance yeah, out of him. Yeah. Because I feel like, you know what? If this guy, if the director was an asshole, this man's too, probably too nice of a person. I mean, I actually think he could have really pulled it out of him and been yeah. like, you, you know, you're white. You're not doing it. Come on, man. Yeah. Oh, also just like shit's going on in your life. Think about what's going on in yeah. uh, <laughs> Mortimer's life. <laughs> Mo's life. Use that. Yeah. Yeah. But he didn't, he didn't do that. Which not that I'm saying he should have for fucking ink art. Don't traumatize Brendan. But well, one thing that I kind of a small point that I wanted to make with this is um, I, I agree, Jeff. I, 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 I was not wowed at all by his performance. And I mm. also kind of agreed. It's like, I like when I think of like bad performances from Brendan Fraser, it's hard because like there are some movies where you'll watch it and you're like, the fuck is he doing? But he is like going for it. Yeah. Like I don't know. I I'm thinking about Jeff. What are you doing? Stuart's trying to talk. No, right I'm now. listening he, to he Stuart. He does this a lot. He, okay. You know, I'm pulling something up. This is important. Whatever. Okay. But, like <laughs> you, you watch movies like Bedazzled or Monkey Bone, where he's like got to go way out the deep end somewhere, mm-hmm. and it either it either catches or it doesn't catch yeah. with the audience. Mm-hmm. I think for some of the movies, I was like, that didn't catch with me, but it caught with other people. Um, Blast from the Past. I mean, yeah. a good role, but only in the sense that he, it was a risk that he kind of, you know, he really tossed that life preserver out there yeah. and hoped for the best. 
I think there are a lot of movies where he just kind of like shoots a shot for the performance. Like, mm-hmm. what if I play it like this? Mm-hmm. And it's a risk, but it works and it pays off. Mm-hmm. This is like the least risk taking. He's doing role. nothing. He's doing nothing. He's giving nothing. He did not yeah. try. I would have yeah. I had I would have enjoyed it more if he tried and it was just wrong. Because that's I actually think there's a lot of performances in here that I feel like were so incorrect, but also like they tried. They had a take. They did yeah. something. They had yeah. a take. They had a point of view. But Brendan just said no. Yeah, Jeff, <laughs> just uh, doing nothing. A recent movie that we covered that I as soon as you said like this is like the worst performance, like I thought about the movie The Air I Breathe. Yeah. Where he plays like this rugged, like mob enforcer guy. Where he's yeah. gonna like beat people up. He also has superpowers, you can see the future, yeah. but that's not important. Um Wow, much and, happening. Yeah. And I think we both agreed it's like this doesn't feel like a Fraser yeah. role. It doesn't it, really work, it, but he's trying. He's trying, but it's like it feels like like it's just not written for him. Yeah. This is written for like a really grizzled. I said John like, Travolta would have been good for it. John Travolta was my big take. Might have might have been interesting. <laughs> that was my big take. <laughs> might have been interesting. <laughs> okay. But I, I I think there's a key difference that I think I I feel very comfortable to say that this is like probably the first film I've ever seen Fraser just not give any effort into. Yeah. Which is asleep at the wheel here. And it's sad to watch. It's very sad to watch cuz yeah, he's yeah, he's given absolutely nothing. Yeah. Like at least like in his bad performances in the past, they were bad performances because like either they weren't quite written for him. Yeah. Um or he just he goes really far out balls to the wall and just yeah. you know doesn't doesn't hit the mark yeah but this was but he goes for it yeah there were no balls to any wall the nope. balls were dripping the, the, the balls were um full of hot gas yeah yeah it, yeah it was it was really absolutely giving nothing yeah yeah that's real sad. i think that's all i gotta say that's all i gotta that's say. all i got, got any say. more anyone got any more thoughts on inkart the book so what do you say we uh get this all in uh uh in blood or i mean uh ink <laughs> oh the, the the thing i was looking up while you were talking days. there is um on the wikipedia it does emphasize that there was a nintendo ds game released for this movie yes there is a video game and released. i was looking at <laughs> it looks like the worst video game i've oh, ever seen no in my life. it looks really bad uh, we're getting an affirmation from the peanut gallery. It looks gallery. really bad. Yeah. Like it, it, it looks like it's all touchscreen and you just like select books. <laughs> okay. Okay. Like what is this? I don't know. Jeff, if you could read anybody out of a book, who would you read out of a book? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, a fictional character. A fictional character. Fictional character. Fictional character. Fictional character. Fictional character. God, I don't want to read anyone out of my favorite books because they're all like terrible people. Or not like terrible people, but they would not thrive in this world. He's looking at Heat (laughs) 2. I kind of am looking at Heat 2. I like that you thought of Heat 2, even though it's not on the shelf. Yeah. You know me. Yeah. Um, Honestly. As you see the Avengers of Indiana Jones. Bring Harrison Ford, but as Indiana. No. no, I mean I'd probably I'd talk to someone from Lord of the Rings, bro. I'd bring Gandalf out. He could give me some knowledge, make me feel better about my place in this world. Cool. Who would you read in? Who who is who are you replacing? Because it's Stuart. Like, wow. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, I I, I, would, I would agree. I would totally replace me with Gandalf too. I would, no, I would never. <laughs> but then you I get want, to go I want in Lord us of both the Rings. It's gonna be Gandalf. fun. 
Yeah. I would just go next to some terrible person and summon them into the book. Mm-hmm. Make them fight the orcs. Thank you, buddy. No, not you. But like, I'd go to like some political. I'd go to some like terrible political rally and summon like some awful politician <laughs> into the world of Lord of the Rings yeah. and then bring Gandalf in. My, mine's going to be a little bit messed up and sadistic, oh, and it's only because I want to see what happens. What if you brought Pennywise the Clown out <laughs> into this world? Not to be my friend, not for me to talk to him. Just kill a lot of people. But oh like, if God, I can populate Pennywise no. into like the real world, what, well, how, what would the police investigation of that be the like? The thing is, Pennywise is from an alternate dimension in it. Yeah. So he's already jumped one. Actually, oh, she, okay. I forgot. Pennywise is a she. Important note. Really? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Feminism. The end of it, uh, it establishes girl that boss. Pennywise is a gaslight gatekeep girl boss. Um, <laughs> She's all three. Either Pennywise or Ned Stark, because I'm just seeing Game of Thrones. Get him out of there before he dies. Yeah, get him out of there before he dies. Like, your whole family's about to be slaughtered, yeah. boy. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's all I got. I changed my answer to Ned Stark. Okay. MG, what about you? Ned Stark. Um probably remus lupin i'm sorry uh, I, hate, I, I hate jk rowling but remus lupin's my favorite character of all time so good guy good guy <laughs> beth thinks i would if remus lupin was real i would divorce them but oh yeah but i said that i think we could be in a poly well, relationship becca becca and i are on a very open terms that harrison ford ever walks in this apartment it's over. <laughs> it's- for who uh, Becca breaking up with you, or are you breaking up with Becca? Me breaking up with Becca, clearly. And me and Harrison are going to go. Off. Do you think you could work it out, the three of you? Or you don't want to th- share Harrison? I don't Harrison? think he's about that life. Oh, I was thinking you didn't want to share Harrison. I don't think he's about that life. I'd share him gladly, but I don't think he's about that life. <sighs> yeah. <sighs> I don't know. Okay. <laughs> that was my. One day we will do the Ford Fiesta show. <laughs> the Ford? Did you just pull that out of your ass? That's what, uh, no. I've had that in my mind for a while, but it'd be called Ford Fiesta. <laughs> we would talk about all their supports. Oh my god. Um, yeah. Uh, so thank you all for listening. Please remember. Uh, tune in next week. Just trying to remember how I do this. <laughs> tune in next week for our episode on fairly, fairly odd, odd parents, parents wishology. wishology. Um, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on. As a reminder, we are available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and YouTube, um, as well as Amazon Music and several other places. Uh, you can pop to our Reddit, r slash Travolting. Find us on Instagram or Twitter, at TravoltingPod. Find me on Twitter, at Jeff W. Sweeney. Narg. Anything you want to plug? Um, if you, any parents are here, uh, I'm doing story time at City Lit Books on uh, May 13th at 10.30 in the morning. And uh, if uh, we got any people who want to join a book club, I also do a book club at City Lit. So very nice, very nice. You know, any Inkart Ink fans? Ink stands. Ink stands. They- uh, we're not reading Inkart for the book club, though. Just to be clear, we are reading True Biz by Sarah Novick. True Biz. True Biz. I like that. Um, yeah, and uh, trollteampodcast at gmail.com. I didn't say that. And as always, special thanks to Rebecca Johnson for graphic design, Michael Van Bodegum Smith for our theme music, and Re- Ange Gardner for our social media. Have a great day.